find a baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the scene behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, you are tuned in to another episode of Behind the Baller. So, man, this is the jet lag edition. And I, I want to have jet lag. Like, I'm going to sleep at normal times, kind of. But the body lag is kind of fucked up. You know, the Dubai jet lag is crazy again. Like I said, you know, you go to Asia, like 16 hours ahead from L.A. time. Um, you go to New York, it's not a fucking issue really ever, except like dinner and meals and stuff. Um, you go to London, it kind of gets fucked up. But you go to Dubai, man, it's 12 hours. So 12 a.m., 12 p.m., 1 a.m., 1 p.m., 5 a.m., 5 p.m. It's fucked up. So I got to trick myself to do all that bullshit, you know. So if you want a plane, you got to obviously figure out, all right, what time is it there when I land and how much time do I got to sleep? You got to force yourself. That's why sometimes, listen, you got might just, you have to use Benadryl. Um, sometimes when it's like, because I got anxiety like crazy, you know, I'll use my Xanax. I'm talking about a fucking quarter bar on a long-ass flight set me straight if anything it even on a placebo effect it just keeps me calm but anyways coming home um london got sick again why am i telling you guys this because i want you to understand what it is to be a parent with a child who in it's i have a special needs child you know um we went from we went leaps and bounds you know i've said it we've traveled a million miles we got about a thousand miles to go you know and, and it's starting to come around but you know we were in the hospital every three weeks sometimes twice a month. This is admissions, admitted. You go to the hospital, be there for 12 hours, not be admitted. We were admitted nearly 95% of the time. Um, we don't have those issues anymore. London is getting sick maybe twice a year. You know, it's changed, but when he gets sick, it's it's fucked up. Um, his oxygen levels get fucked up. Uh, he just gets, it gets scary. And so thank God, you know, we, we, we got home. Um, it was just all kinds of bad news going on, you know, and, and it cleared up. But let's get, listen, we're going to go into jibber-jabber, motherfucking flip-flap, left to right, motherfucking to north, to southeast, to all over the place. You know how we do, just like House of Pain, we jump around. Um, Seahawks, bruh, I didn't get to see the game, I had to watch the shit on some motherfucking, uh, on the replays and everything. Shit was just pathetic, man. We, it just wasn't even like, it didn't even make sense, it didn't even look like us, people go, oh, you know this, shut the fuck up, bro. Motherfuckers got these dumbass memes. People come with statistics that really, yo, the last four games, is, yeah, because the last four games really mean the most. You know what I'm saying? How about the whole season, dumb fuck and everything else? It's just people think like, hey, man, for the last three months, you know, it's like like it's some some like credit report. Like last three months, my credit's here. No, motherfucker, what's your real credit score right now? That's how it goes, okay? So, yeah, four games, eight games, it don't really, you got to go the overall picture. Does Garoppolo got a ring? No, he don't. Though the 49er franchise does. But th no, does this squad have it? No, they don't. Shut the fuck up. All right? I don't think anybody's going to beat the motherfucking Ravens. Definitely ain't going to be the motherfucking Niners, especially not on no good day. Um, I know some Seahawks fans are like, oh, well, you know, we can't. I don't know, man. It's it's, it's uh, We weren't supposed to be this good as it is. Um, we lost Rashad Penny. It's, uh, it's, it's getting down to that fucking weird-ass time. Um, the Snickers chain went to fucking Emmanuel Sanders and went for the first time this season it went to two players on the same team i showed love to dude sanders today he uh 
he tagged me in the picture too after I, I left my little hashtag Ben Ball did the chain. Um, but yeah, listen, man, we got Carolina. I was going to fly out to Carolina to go check this shit out, but I forgot. I got George Lopez's Netflix special. That was HBO. This is actually now going to be a Netflix special. It's going to be a big fucking deal for my big homie, George Lopez. So I'll be in San Francisco. If you out there, you know what I'm saying? You already know I'm in the yay every month, every two, three times a month. Um, pretty much I do live there and, uh, I do carry a strap. So yeah. If you want to be on some fuck shit, yeah, it ain't it ain't that deep ever. Not never, not once. A motherfucker kid, and I love my Lakers. A motherfucker could say this, that, and the third. That shit's never gonna affect me. Yo, you are some simple brain motherfucking dumbass people. If you let something like that really bother you, going on to some positive news. Well, actually, you know what? Let's go back to some negative news, man. You know what? I did a lot of press today. Um, I just got back from the Uncut Gems official premiere. Shit was nuts, man. I mean. All kinds of motherfuckers showed up. Uh, the weekend was obviously there. Adam Sandler. All the stars in the movie were there. And then Will Ferrell was there. A lot of Saturday Night Live people were there. Juliette Lewis. Um, I just found out that Adam Sandler's wife in the movie Uncut Gems is Elsa from Frozen. So she's like bankrolled paid. Like publishing Disney checks like out of this fucking earth. Um, shout out to my boy Izzy from Avions. The whole Avion family. Joe, everybody, the pops. Um, Izzy's son is actually... Adam Sandler's son, oldest son in the movie. It's pretty dope. Uh, got to watch it a second time. My boy Luca was in the house. Uh, fucking Cedric the Entertainer. I mean, shit, there were so many fucking people. Young Thug, you know, I, um, as you're watching this podcast, I'm sure you'll see some pictures because I'm going to drop this shit. But I did a lot of press. People were asking me questions about Adam Sandler and, you know, my, my role in it. I talked about this before. But what uh, one of the interviewers, which is um, Vice Magazine, I mean, not Vice, I'm sorry, Vibe, the OG Vibe, Quincy Jones Vibe magazine. Um, Vibe.com hit me up and said, hey, what do you think about this Juice World situation? Now, we're going to get into it with this Adam-22. And by the way, I didn't even mention that. We have Adam-22 from No Jumper, who is an enormous OG in the podcast game. Dude came super humble, kept it extra real. And to tell you the truth, no no bullshit. Because I know Adam's a piece of shit just like me. He's, he's a scumbag. He's a fellow dirtbag. But he has definitely changed me because that's my boy regardless and I backed him up in a bunch of other things that happened in his life and some people trying to put you know try to tarnish his name and, and piss on it and shit on it and though you know smear it and everything um I backed up my dude and, and I'm glad I did you know because he's solid and uh he's broke a lot of people meaning young new artists he like first person to interview Lil Pump and um six nine and fucking uh triple x tentacion and all those people like that so we got I'm 22 on the show and we get a little bit into the narrative that's going on now with this Juice World story. And I know I said rest in peace, but, um, and he's hit me up about his lean addiction and shit. And that was one of the main things he hit me up. But what pisses me off now is, I mean, one, I don't want to hear shit about racism. They're like, oh, they, you know, he's been stopped many times because of color. I mean, bro, they found insane amount of packs on the plane. And on top of that, there was multiple guns. Like, come on, man. There's, there's, at that point, man, they, they, regardless if it was fucked up or not, if, you were wrong and the law enforcement was wrong. They weren't wrong this time because they caught him with all this shit and it's fucked up. And I wish I'd have been on that motherfucker plane and be like, yo, listen, dog, you going to do some time, whatever it may be. They're fucking, no, they're narcotics. It ain't like this cocaine where the fuck it may be, man. Fuck all this shit. Distribute whatever the fuck it may be. Or you have the little homie, you know, take the L. 
and be like, they're my pills. Boom, here it is. And then you break them off. You know, 100 bands, you make 200 bands, whatever it may be. So he's straight. But that's what you're supposed to do. That's what. That's how it's gone down when you have an entourage and whatever it may be. What sucks is if he did swallow 30 pills, 80 pills, 50 pills, whatever the fuck it may be. It's just fucking just not smart. Like, why not throw them out the window? Why not? I don't know, man. It just fucking sucks. Um, 21, way too young to be losing, you know, your life at that age. It's just fucking crazy. Now into some positive shit. Um, I dropped the Tyler to create a piece. I finally dropped it after talking about this motherfucker for like two months. Um, he didn't want it out there. He needed to drop a video. He wanted to be seen in it a little bit first. And he's real low-key. In fact, he wanted me to untag him in the pics and shit. You know, and I respect him, man. He, he's a good dude. And and uh, even though, like I said, I do hate that motherfucker. We get into some terrible fights. Uh, Tyler's a good dude. Um, but yeah, $275,000 is what he dropped on this piece, which is just outstanding because he's just not that type of dude to spend this kind of bread. But, you know, he's getting for real, serious, legit, real paper now. And congrats to Tyler, man. Everything is, is he he went, he did it his way. And when I meant he did it his way, he went the long way home. He didn't go the shortcut, none like that at all. There was no shortcuts for him. It just was was crazy. Um, but we dropped the piece. And, you know, you got these jokers in the comments and stuff. And it's like funny now because you got dudes who go in there and they just sun themselves. They just, motherfuckers find out a little bit about them and they just get clowned. And people are like, oh, well, I got you. Bro, you don't understand. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. That shit is there to promote this, that, whatever. Show a little bit about my family. Um, you've never seen pictures of my crib. You know what I'm saying? Never pictures, seen pictures of all the cars or anything and everything. Because you know what, man? And it's not that I don't want to. It's that I feel bad. Like, real talk, man. If I were like to show everything, it would depress motherfuckers. Like, that's just the realest and I've said this before, people think I have a lot more than I actually do, or people think I have a lot less than I actually do. Man, I, how about I have enough? You know, I got enough to just chill. And with all that said, this holiday shopping is just, it's fucking crazy because it lands on me. And why does it land on me? Because I'm the breadwinner in the house. And why am I the breadwinner of the house? Um, not to sound stupid or obvious, but, you know, my wife was doing well with the bikini line. If she had kept up at it, there would have been a potential that she could have been a multi-multi-millionaire off of this bikini line because she was really making great suits. She had a good name. There's a fucking company called Lolly Swim, like complete bite off of my wife's company, Lolly Me. And um, someone like Drea who had Mint Swim and these other people with swimwears, they're killing it, you know, making millions off of this shit. And, you know, it was right around that time and my wife was right there and she made a conscious decision. All right, listen, I'm going to give up on my dreams and let you be the rock star. I'm going to support you. I'm going to let you travel, do what you have to do to make this bread. And I'm going to sacrifice all that and just with the hopes of you holding me down. And you know what? It's like, I like, I like it. I don't want her to work. You know, if she wanted to do it on hope as a hobby or something, cool. But, you know, she sacrificed a lot as a mom to be there and really deal with all the kids. And don't get me wrong, I'm hands-on. And my daughter's really the most, since London, it's been like, you know, boom. Even though Ryder's like, you know, people are like, oh, it's messed up. You seem like Ryder's your favorite. You know, it's just, I have different relationships with all the kids. But my wife holds down the house for real. So when I'm on 108 fucking flights this year and I have, what, like four or six more flights to go. I mean, she's there sucking it up. So I can be a motherfucking rock star and be out there, not necessarily stunting, but going out there and just, you know, hustling. And so, um, you know, 
I, I thank my wife so much for that because it just wouldn't happen without her. It just wasn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, I want to say a couple uh, PSAs real quick uh, just because there's just things I should say. Um, number one, I am responsible for what I say. Okay? I am not responsible for what you understand. Okay? I will say it again. I'm responsible for what I say. I'm not responsible for what you understand, for you simple, stupid motherfuckers. Um, sidebar, going on to basketball, uh, motherfucking Carmelo Anthony is balling. I've never been a big fan of his, but he's balling. So I got to apologize again. Um, he, you know, he had the fucking what, Western Conference fucking player of the week, whatever. I don't, I don't know, man. You know what, man? I still really don't fuck with him, but you know what? He is, he proved that he has a seat at the table. And um, going on, man, I had this thing when I was shooting pictures in Dubai. And uh, the photographer I was using is, is, a, is a photographer for Crep Protect and for Collect and for Presented By. And is a Sri Lankan cat. His name is 2G. And he's really talented. And when I'm taking pictures, listen, man, I'm not the most photogenic person. I know I got an elongated face. I know I got an elongated torso. I know I'm out of shape, whatever. Listen, a fucking photographer, especially a good one, should know how to shoot somebody. Shouldn't be a fucking afraid to tell you, hey man, lower your chin. Hey, turn this way. Hey, can you move your head to this way? Can you move, drop your shoulder here? Boom. And you know what? He got some real decent ass pictures of mine, of me. And like, I'm going to put them in my archives for like press, publicity, whatever it may be. And while we're shooting in Dubai, um, every place we went to, we did it gorilla, even at my hotel, which is a, you know, six star hotel, you know, the security's like, hey, do you have a permit to shoot this? And I was like, motherfucker, we spent 15 bands at this hotel to fucking stay here. You know what I'm saying? I'm just shooting shit, you know, for my own personal page for Instagram. And they're like, well, you can't use the SLR then. You know, you got to use your phone. And you know, you have to have a certificate from the Department of Tourism. And I always see these fashion bloggers, you know. And like, I used to hang out with a lot of fashion bloggers because my wife was fans of them. And I ended up getting next to some of them. And um, some of them have flourished and become big. Some of them have 6 million followers and get 10,000 likes. Some people are like, hey, well, maybe not. No. No, fuck you. If you got 6 million followers, you got 10,000 likes of a picture of your face, and that's what you do, you want some fucking straight fuck shit. You want some whole total bullshit, right? And then you just got everyone in the fucking world. You got a girl who, whatever, she could be in college, she could be a fucking, she could be, you know, a paralegal, she could be working in escrow office, she could be a fucking dental assistant, and they all have that same exact fucking palish, not monotone, but that palish fucking bohemian aesthetic all their pics and all their aesthetic is matchy matchy fucking everything's in order in their pictures and shit but in real life their life ain't in order their fucking shit's a mess and they're out there on some other shit and it's just like that's that whole bullshit that i can't fuck with you know you can fake it till you make it if you got talent like i well you know i could sing my ass off it could happen for me it might not happen for me but i got talent because I could sing, I could sing, you know what I'm saying, I could rap, like I could rap, I really got real bars, I don't have some shit like, hey, um, ABC, and fucking three, two, three, no, motherfucker, no, anyways, um, I always wondered how these fashion bloggers, you know, got to go to fucking, you know, Marrakesh, and fucking uh, Morocco, and 
whatever the fuck, whatever fucking random ass or Santorini here and there, whatever. And they hit the Department of Tourism, figure it out, they get a manager, boom. Oh, I'm a fashion blogger. You know, my boyfriends are my photographers, and they get like their plus one, so they can get their plane and their hotel taken care of. They take these pictures, and they come out here, and they and they, it's like they're the YouTubers of fashion, you know, like real shit. Like, so they, you know, Revolve is one of the brands that sponsors a lot of this shit. At one point, though, Revolve like stepped up and, and turned into a big league name and um they're out there battling with the fucking with the fast fashion fuckers and all that shit and reason why i'm bringing this up is because there's women out there that i see like a buddy of mine's wife and she had mentioned oh well you know what um i want to be a blogger and i want to i want to i want to take pictures and do this this and this i'm just like yo listen man i don't if someone were like hey man you're ugly i i wouldn't be like oh fuck you and Blah blah whatever. I'm cool. I'm I'm ugly. Okay, now what? I've accepted it. Not everyone can accept it. You know what I mean? And people are like fat shit. Listen, man. If I became 300 pounds and motherfuckers, like, you fat piece of shit. You fucking fat motherfucker. Don't wear that fucking outfit. Yo, man. I'm not wearing that shit. If I'm 300, you're not gonna see me in spandex. You're gonna see me wearing glad bags. Okay, wearing motherfucking sweatsuits. This shit is not for everyone. That's the issue with having a fucking iPhone or having an SLR. All of a sudden, you're a fashion blogger. Listen, man, you ain't attractive to who? Uh, who says? You, who are you to say? No, motherfucker. Bausch and Lomb, okay? Motherfucking, you know, clear eyes. That's who's telling you, motherfuckers. It's just, it's just crazy that the, the, I just, I don't know why it's so much on my explore page. I must, I must follow people. And I'm not hating on you getting a check. It's just when everyone, it's like, God damn. You know, you got brands coming out everywhere and everyone's fucking fake famous. And it's just, I'm, I'm just wondering when is the fucking world just going to turn upside down and just, just, it's just, everything is just gone to shit. And, um, I didn't want to get a fucking, a pass from the department of tourism. You know, like there's certain things that I don't want to do because, you know, I've done enough in my life and I put in enough work to be like, yo, listen, if you don't know who I am and take pictures, boom, we ain't gonna do this. Because I bet you a million fucking billion dollars, if Leonardo DiCaprio was there taking pictures, that motherfucker wouldn't have said a goddamn thing. And you know what? Just not famous enough. And that's cool with me. And that's all good. I just wanted to bring up the fact that some of these people are out there doing this fashion blogger shit still. And uh, they got nothing else. Or they'll say, oh, I have this job. And I really, really to tell you the truth. No, you don't, bitch. Shut the fuck up. I know you who you are for real. Stop going out there doing that shit. You've been doing this shit for the ever. At a certain point, you're like that 50-year-old rapper or 40-year-old rapper who's trying to make it happen and be like, oh, never give up. Nah, motherfucker. They say never give up, but really there is there is a point where you do have to fucking realize, like, listen, this shit ain't popping. It's not happening for me. It's that thin line that you got to figure out. With that said, I got a fucking early 20s, what is he, 23-year-old producer by the name of Lakey Inspired. And that motherfucker got some funky ass shit. He got some jazzy ass shit. So right about now, I'd love to hear that shit. Because this motherfucker really has talent. And he's getting paid. And yeah, Miles. Or is it Jordan? Which one of you motherfuckers is throwing that beat on there? That's what I'm talking about. This shit right here is what I'm trying to hear right now. Before we get into this Adam 20. Man, see, this beat is really. Man, this is exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. This dude, it's meant to be. And it's happening on a small level. And I'm going to, I want to help this dude. Lakey, I know I've said this for three months now. We are going to connect my guy. Listen, we're about to get into this Adam 22 interview. 
and he keeps it ultra real. You know what, Lakey? I'm going to get you on this Adam22 show, and that'll be another catapult for your career. And uh, yeah, let's go. You are now tuned in to Behind the Baller. We got a very special guest, man. It's actually something I've been trying to get on here for a minute, and I always fuck with him so goddamn much. He's actually finally here in the Million Dollar Man Cave. My man, Adam22. What's good, bro? Bang, bang. Ben Baller. We out here. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good, man, bro. Listen, my, my boys, my producers, the Dust Brothers, man, they're really good at researching shit, and found out a bunch of, about you that I need to ask about that I had no idea, because I never get into specifics other than, like, you know what your penis looks like and all kinds of crazy, mm. terrible gay shit like that. That good shit, yeah. Um, so you're from New Hampshire. I didn't know that. Big New Hampshire, yep. Granite State, 603 for life. When did you move here to L.A.? I, I moved, uh, the The basic story is I lived in New Hampshire my whole life until then all of a sudden I was like 20 and I moved to Brooklyn and Queens and I lived out there from like uh, from 20 to 28 and then I moved to Long Beach when I was like 28 and so I'm like 36 now. Maybe it was a little, maybe it was 27. I've been out here like nine years, Wait, so Long, you, Long Beach. And you're then 36? Yeah, uh, 36 now, yeah. Fuck, and I thought you were like in your 20s still. No bullshit. I thought you were. For real? Yeah. And you're a white boy. You know, white people age fucked up, but. I know, right? I'm trying to lose all this weight. I feel like I'm like reverse reverse engineering my death right now by like just, <laughs> just dieting and like exercising. And like, you know, that like you lose 20, 30 pounds, you look like you just got a few years yeah, younger. Yeah, you look sick. Yeah, no, no. You, you also have to look, look weird sometimes. Mm. Hold on, wait a second. When I first met you, which was like three or four years ago, were you skinnier then? probably fatter or at least more out of shape yeah all right why no jumper bro i'm just curious you know i mean you, you play ball i don't get it i don't and really it's like the, i picked the name only because i thought that it was a, a good gucci man lyric that sort of represented the spirit of what i was trying to do just in the sense of like you know bond like athlete but got no jumper as a rap <laughs> lyric basically means i'm rich as fuck off selling drugs and i'm not a good athlete so it's like no jumper is really was about interviewing motherfuckers that are maybe not the dude who's the superstar, you know, maybe not like the Rocky or the Uzi or whatever, but maybe like Uzi's like homie that like used to sell drugs with him when they were in middle school. Like maybe we'll interview him. Okay. But now I feel like, you know, maybe we could get Uzi too. What kind of people are your favorite? I mean, like are rappers your favorite people to interview or does, does it matter? Like what, like. Yeah, I mean, smart, fucking, experienced, worldly rappers that have been around for a couple decades usually are, like, some of the best interviews, as far as I'm concerned. You know, the things that might go the most viral or might do the best for us are usually, like, you know, younger dudes getting their first interview or whatever. But, you know, for me, the the, the best ones are always the, the really, really long-form, in-depth ones with some legends, really. I mean, dog... You seem really nonchalant about everything, which is crazy, right? It's actually very rare, especially as um, you're blessed. But do you like? Do you have a process before you interview somebody, or are you just like, fuck it, I'm gonna get smoke weed and I'm just gonna interview somebody? Yeah, my process is always <laughs> just like I sit back and I watch shit from that person. You know, like tomorrow I got to interview Casey Neistat, who's a vlogger. So you know, the other day I watched like an hour or so of his vlogs and some interview clips that he had some other shows, and I just thought about the motherfucker, and I just. You know, just sort of thought about him and just sort of was able to take some notes for some questions because I just thought of shit that I would like to talk to about him. I got to interview Royce 5'9 uh, in a couple of days 
and that's like kind of overwhelming. I just found out I have to do that, and so I'm like, damn, now I gotta go listen to as much Royce the Five Nine as I can. Maybe watch an interview or two. So it's like I might end up spending four or five hours just sitting on my couch watching Royce shit, right? Just OG, to get ready to do OG an hour Detroit with him, shit. you know? Super OG Detroit. But he he needs that level of research because he's put out so much shit that it's very easy for me to sit there and look like a jabroni with him, right? Do you remember the, fuck, I'm such a terrible dude, me being such an enormous hip-hop person back in the day, plus being in the business, being an executive. What the fuck was the the independent label he was on? It was a dope vinyl label, too. They used to have all these hot chicks. Yeah, what was, he was on a super independent hip-hop label. It's not Rockus? No, it wasn't Rockus. It was another label like that, but dope. They only had like, hot chicks on their album they like it was almost clickbait back in the 90s damn I don't know. you remember uh fuck it anyways um who have you interviewed that you thought was going to be one way and then it end up just the total opposite oh man <laughs> i don't know that's interesting that i thought it was going to be one way i mean it happens all the time like the other day i interviewed uh this fucking girl uh inaz inaz x dude listen she starts telling me about having Fetty Wobbs abortions so goddamn fast. I was like, man, I thought this was going to be a boring interview. Wait a second. You said not look like Lil Nas X? No, or someone no. It's, she's a Muslim woman. Inaz? Inez? I don't fucking know. Inez X? I-N-A-S-X. She was hitting me over the head. She had Trey songs and Chris Brown, wild ass stories about going to their cribs and all. She holy was airing shit. it all out. I'm like, holy fuck. You know, the crazy part is I, I know um one of Fetty Wobbs, but Baby Moms. I know he got a lot, but like... Damn, bro, he's he's just like that motherfucker. Don't give a fuck, right? You lose an eye, you're like fucking. I'm nothing everywhere. Yeah, I mean, do do people trip out? Like, let's say, for instance, like, has the episode aired yet or no? Yeah, it just came out today. Yeah. Okay, so like, what happens when Chris Brown's like, "Yo, bro, like, what's up? I mean, why you let that bitch talk on my show like that? I mean, what could you? Breezy, I'm a journalist. I got to do this (laughs) shit. You know, you making money off records. I'm making money off interviews, baby. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know because I feel that way about everybody. Is that even if you know. Because I would have to have the talk with anybody. Like, if Jay-Z hit me up and said, hey, why'd you do an interview and you talked about... You know, like, if if Jay-Z was offended by something I said in an interview, I'd have to be like, Jay-Z, I'm a fucking... This is what I do. I have conversations on camera. Like, we can have a conversation about what I said. You can tell me why what I said was wrong. But at the end of the day, if fucking tomorrow... Who's the most respected person in hip-hop? I already said Jay-Z. If fucking... You know, if if Leor Cohen hit me up tomorrow and said, I, I don't like what you said he's about He's definitely my, not respected, but okay. No, but okay, but he's powerful. Right. Nas. If Nas hit me up and said, yo, I don't like what if you Dr. said. If Dr. Dre hit you up. Right. It's yeah. like, Dre, like, I fuck with you. I love you. Thank you, by the way. But I got to talk what I got to talk about. I, I can't fucking censor myself because somebody that I respect likes me or, um, or is, is going to be critical. Of did you, by any chance, you ever meet one of my best friends in my life is a... Q World Star. Did you ever meet Q? I never met Q. That was kind of before my my time. All right, Peter. So you know, Q, rest in peace, my my, my firstborn son's godfather. He did an interview on Fox News, like, and this wasn't like local Fox News. It was Fox News, the you know global. Right. And he had to talk about. Uh, they're like, hey man, you keep pl- showing black people in a bad light. This now he's like, hey man, I'm like the news, like you guys. I post the bad and the good, whatever you know. It is what it is. Kind of what you said. You've sent me some crazy text messages, and I know that I trolled you to get those replies, right? Mm. But you and your chick, bro. Okay. You, you guys are for real. You guys are still together? It's, it's, yep. You guys are for real. We got a house right down yep. the street. You guys are... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we are. When, when I first met you, man, um, I didn't know who she was. I respected y'all's space. I didn't like try to... You know, I don't do that, especially because I could tell you guys are serious. I remember after even like hanging out with you a couple times, 
I saw you at um, Agenda Show when Cameron formed. I introduced you to Cameron. I remember that. I was just telling that story the other day. I was like, Ben Baller introduced me to Cameron. Like, yeah. yo, this is the best interviewer. This is the number one dude or some shit like that. But that's how I, that's what, that's, listen, <laughs> I that's how people, that that's cool. how people came with me. We're like, yo, listen, this dude, I wasn't expecting you to be who you were. I swear to God. For real? When they told me that, because I end up, I don't, listen, I never, unless you'd mentioned my name to Triple X, uh, Tentacion, whatever, I never, ever knew that dude would know me. He hit me up first, DM me a few times. I finally seen him. The way that I was told, I won't even tell you because I don't want to impact because he's a legit major hip hop respected guy. He was like, This guy is the dude right now. He's the man. So X when I said that to you about me, it wasn't just X, it was someone else. It was like, Yo, this is the guy right now that is breaking people. Wow. Like, this is a, how do you say so much? Um, if you're not signed to a major label, you got a chance to get heard through Adam 22, wow. through No Jumper. And then the other person who is a gigantic manager was like, hey, this is the dude who could connect you with these young cats. He gets them before they blow up. So when I told Cameron that, and Cam let me tell you something, that day I introduced Cameron to three people and he was like this, yeah, 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 yeah. But when I was like, hey, dude, this is like someone, you know, it's a good luck. Anyways, your, your, your girl was there. Maybe I can get a deal with Diplomat Records. <laughs> your girl was there. And uh, I started, you know, I was like, okay, Lena the plug, like, what the fuck? And I started Googling her, you know, because I was like, okay, fine, she does, she models, whatever. Who? Then I fucking come across a fucking video of you guys on Pornhub, mm. I wish I never saw, because you did send me a fucking video, you getting your ass eaten by her, and I was like, Damn. disgusted. That and I thought you were disgusting. joking at first, I thought it was funny, and I'm sure you have it on YouTube, or do you, is it on your YouTube or no? YouTube has fairly strict rules, Ben. Oh, so you YouTube ain't letting you get know. your ass Listen, eaten. No, Twitter's cool with it, though. Okay, so I saw that. By the way, Pornhub, shout out to Aria. That's my shout out to Aria. Um, that was the last thing I wanted to see. But I did see, I'm not going to disrespect her, saw your girl and some other bitch giving you dome. Mm. How often do you motherfuckers share like women? <laughs> she writes it into my schedule. That's kind of like Jeez. the whole thing is that like she has me booked literally tomorrow <laughs> night at 7. It says a girl's name in my phone. I don't. I haven't Googled her because I legitimately don't care. I'm just help. That's just me helping her out with her content, you know, because that's how she makes money. Realistically, is like doing content. Oh, so, with she, so she, is it on uh, on your porno? OnlyFans uh, and her private Snapchat for the most okay, part. Okay, hold on, stop. Listen, fuck the fried private snap. Please, everyone talks about this so much. What the fuck is OnlyFans? Honestly, Please. I'm gonna be real with you. I've never been on it, so I don't know so much but as i understand it it's basically like a site where somebody can pay you know whatever it is ten dollars twenty dollars a month and then they can look at a girl's naked content i understand that my girlfriend has one i understand a lot of other girls have one but i have never been to onlyfans.com i just understand that it's very no no okay hold it's on. very influential now but hold on is, is are they fucking on there or no oh yeah you can get whatever yeah it's all everything no 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 you don't understand what i'm saying is you you just interact through a phone, right, or through a website. You don't like what I'm saying is are the are the let's say for instance, okay, let's say Jackie X. No idea who the fuck that Jackie X is, has OnlyFans. We go to her page, she's fucking in like real time for real. Not always because you can have like the, the I just interviewed that girl Gemma Wolfie. She's an Australian like Instagram model chick, and she'll like she never gets fully naked on her OnlyFans, but it's more explicit than oh, her Instagram. But you probably don't realize that until you sign up for. I've interviewed a bunch of girls lately who are the types of chicks that you probably see on Instagram all the time. They got millions of followers. They have OnlyFans, but once you go to it, no nipples, no vagina, but you know, they'll do stuff that they wouldn't do on Instagram, but it's still P 
PG technically. Okay, but there are girls on there getting fucking their backs blown fucking out. Definitely. For the most part, it's like self-made porn. It's not necessarily like stuff where they're like hiring real filmmakers. But I mean, sometimes they have film. So you don't fucking. I was gonna ask you who has the best OnlyFans page, but yeah, I don't know. Okay, my so, girlfriend, Lena the plug. So has Lena enhanced your career? Would you say? I mean, honestly. Um, enhanced my career. I would say that, like, you know, definitely as soon as I got a girlfriend, people started to kind of see me in a different light in the sense that they sort of saw me as more human, more, uh, you know, like more. I definitely see you more as more human. More of a real person. Well, that's before I started getting my ass eaten on Twitter. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I I feel like definitely it's enhanced to a certain extent. You know, I don't know what the fuck people would think of me if I didn't have a girlfriend. But, I mean, for, for me and her, our relationship started maybe largely like. Because, you know, I was just hanging out with her and fucking her and putting her in my YouTube thumbnails. And then now it feels like we have a real relationship, the kind where, you know, I'm not trying to necessarily like, it's not about the content. It's just about, you know, having a normal ass fucking relationship and get to go home and lay on the couch with her after this, you know. I mean, are you guys, any plans to get married or are you? We haven't really talked about that. Okay. Thinking about having a kid. Am I going to make the ring or what? Shit, man! I just seen you made that shit for Tyler. That shit was way too crazy. I don't know how much that, I, I I got no budget for that. So that's that at least wasn't one that much, problem. man. Especially because listen, I know where Tyler came from, and I know you make bread. That was like two hundred seventy-five thousand. That wasn't that bad. Jesus Christ! He got right. money to blow. He he really does, man. Shout out to T, man. Um, <laughs> that's streaming money. Yeah. What music are you listening to today, bro? Like what? Uh, Trippy Red, NBA Young Boy, Juice World. Rest in peace, Juice World. Man. Rest in peace, Juice World. But that, for real though, those are like three people I, just, I listen to a lot. Do you know really. that girl? Yes, Jules. Yeah, you know Julie. She's been pushing that trippy rest. So I'm actually gonna listen to it. I've met it's dude hard. a few times and Ooh. whatever. I freaked out one of my employees because I said into my phone, I said Siri, play Trippy Red Death, because that's like a really really hard song off his album. It's called Death, and they thought that I was like googling Trippy Red Death. Oh, God. You know? That okay. freaked him out for a second. I was like, no, no. The song is called Death. Which I, I told Trevor, I DM'd him this morning. I'm like, hey, I love the album. Be careful. I was like, just yeah. don't, you know, we, don't, we we lost way too many young rappers. I'm like, you are still, you seem like you're in good health. You be careful. You know, Trevor, he came close to disaster. You know, if he kept hanging out with 6'9, he might have been Christ. in the fucking nine trays and he might have got caught up. He avoided that. I'm just like, Trippy, stay the fuck out of trouble. Please. I had to do, like, I was supposed to do a video with him for, I forgot what, commercial or something. Didn't end up working out. I met him on g tour. Hmm. And when I knocked on the door, because they're like, yo, yo, he wants to meet you. And he's DM'd me a few times, too. Like, he hit me. Again, Trippy hit me first. And I was like, you know, I don't say that to be cool. I'm just saying, like, I don't know these cats. And as soon as the door opened, I looked at Trippy Red's face and I said, yo, this dude 100% fucking crazy. Like, he's lost his fuck. He's, I could just tell. And he was being normal, but he just looked like he just tore up some shit in that room. Mm. Um, hey, dog, going back a little bit, let's reverse a little bit, because now you touched that, and that was something later on I want to talk about. But what steps do we need to put in place to make sure that we don't lose any more young artists, man? Because this shit is like, it's too much, and it's too many. Man. I mean, you know, at first when the Juice World shit came out, it felt like it was just going to be like a nice simple anti-drug narrative that we would be able to sort of like cull from the story because you know a lot of a lot of times like when x died it's like what's the fucking moral of the story is like don't go somewhere without security you know don't go go don't go nowhere without a gun and a or security if you're a famous rapper it's not really like the most relatable message i felt like when the peep thing happened it was like 
a very good moment for you know the the fans to potentially be like oh you die when you do drugs in excess or you yeah. do fake drugs or whatever now all this shit coming out of the juice world scenario where he might have just scarfed down a bunch of perks because the feds were rolling up on the fucking jet and shit it's like yeah. i don't know i mean i i don't know what the fuck people are going to take from this i hope that fucking maybe juice world is big enough as an artist that he could really like like we just need the same way future made drugs so goddamn cool like made the pill thing cool like eight years ago or whatever it's like we really need artists to be willing to maybe sacrifice some degree of their cool points their cool factor towards saying this shit is terrible like it's easy like you know it's easy for me to sit out here and say that and i i don't feel like i get like it doesn't feel like anybody thinks it's that crazy for me to say that but we need just more and more artists to really be willing to say like kids don't do lean don't do zans i'm not going to talk about those things in my music anymore because i recognize that they are fucking destructive for the community let me ask you this do you remember two years ago i made a very enormous post about my lean habit oh i do remember you had them pints yeah, yeah i had tons of pints do you want to something crazy juice world dm me after that he didn't even have lucid dreams yet He's so like, he had can i get a pint yeah he had like ten thousand followers and mm. he said hey man um, I really appreciate your post, big homie, blah, blah, whatever. He's following me then. Lucid Dreams came out 18, I think, right? Mm. And then we got on the phone like a year ago, started talking, and uh, he had me by the watch. It was crazy because he had me getting done. I told him I couldn't do it for him. It, realistically, I was being lazy and it just was too much. He had uh, Elliot do it. No big deal. I'm not tripping. It's all good. But he hit me up and I thought we were going to talk about jewelry again. And he goes, hey, homie, I have a question. Um, how do we get off, how did, how'd you get off lean? And I said, bro, I tried to quit eight times. And then finally, after I almost died is when I stopped. When I overdosed and went to the ER, I still didn't stop. It took a couple people dying. And I said, yo, dog, you know what? I actually want to see tomorrow. I want to see next year. And I want to see a little bit more. So I got scared. And I had a seizure. Mm. So, you know, it, it freaked me out. And, and Lil Wayne's had seizures. So it's just a trip. I don't know. So I thought my, me saying that kind of did my part. I know there's other shit. I shouldn't have a Xanax pill, blah, blah, whatever. But at the same time, like, it helps me. I know it's fucked up. Um, Mac passing away it fucked me up big time like uh, did Juice ever talk to you about drugs before or no yeah definitely we were always kind of consistently having that conversation because to be honest it's like every time I would see him it's like he would be at some different sort of moment on his you know like sometimes you would see him and he'd be like I'm getting off perks, you know, because I, I, they, they, you know, when you're famous, like if you really want to get off perks or whatever, they, they send somebody to your fucking hotel room who gives you a whole bunch of shit and like detoxes you like overnight or whatever, you know. Oh, well, I didn't know that. I don't know what it is exactly, but they can like do some shit that basically like zaps the fucking drugs out of your body. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a, well, dude, first of all, that drug costs twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 and it's like a pill and it blocks, yeah, it zaps it out of your body. And if you did it for however long the time that that, that thing lasts for, You'll never feel that you, you could take twenty fucking Xanaxes and you're not gonna feel it really? because that thing, yeah, it just it blocks the what the fuck is it? Not equilibrium, not fucking uh, um, not the serotonin opiate receptors. Well, it just yeah, just recept it just blocks all that shit. Right. Damn. Yeah. I mean, we were always kind of having that conversation. You know, honestly, like I remember even we were we were hanging out one time and he he had a perk and he actually like convinced me to take like you know half a 30 so i took a 15 which if you know about percocets it's not that much but he like convinced me to take it and i remember i sat there on the couch feeling weird for like two hours after that really 15 did you like that 
Uh, it might have been half a song. I don't remember how much it was, to be honest. But I definitely felt a little weird. I remember sitting there just feeling like, man, that's a weird fucking feeling. How the fuck am I supposed to feel right now? But, yeah, I mean, we are always like, you know, I never, that was the only time I ever, like, did anything while I was around him, you know. But whenever I would see him, he would, you know, a lot of times I'd see him and he would have just been in bed for 48 hours, like, just sort of, like, trying to get get off it and shit and then he was always going back and forth but i mean that life that he was living of being on tour all the time being yeah. in the studio whenever you're not on tour i mean that shit is that shit is a fucking nightmare but bro. what a nice kid oh my god the best what a kid. Sweetheart, that's what right? that's what feels so terrible about this shit yeah. is that he's probably the nicest kid i remember like he was about to be beefing with um you know i remember like him trying to beef with six nine and um he couldn't do it like he thought it was funny <laughs> he like couldn't help but laugh at it he couldn't yeah. he couldn't get himself into the mind state to really be on some man fuck you i'm gonna shoot at you rah, rah, rah. like he couldn't do the whole rapper thing like he had nah, to, he's just too cool he he's was too guy. nice he was too cool like i mean that's why uh, he was so young and naive and that's why it fucking you know, I, first of all i didn't even know how young he was i just we never talked about it and freshly the, 21, the thing that, that sucks though is that that they showed the whole playing game i was like I, I honestly thought that maybe he was just getting fucked up, but you're right. The whole narrative's fucked up. Anyways, what do you think of the state of hip-hop today, man? I mean, I love hip-hop right now. It's a lot of, you know, it's like more and more interesting faces every day. I mean, I'm happy to fucking be here. I'm happy to be doing content <laughs> in it, you know? It's like, for me, you got to understand that like three years ago, I never thought I would meet a motherfucker, like a rapper. Like three, four years ago, this was not a reality to me at all. So it's like, when I started doing the No Jumper podcast, literally like the first couple episodes, I did not have a rapper who had ever sold 100,000 records in my phone, period. Like, I never, you know, so to me, like, you know, there's a little conversation about like, are white people a guest in hip hop? And I'm sure there's some white people that are like, nah, you know, guest in hip hop. I'm Ben here motherfucker i'm a guest like i've spent fucking 20 years of my life doing nothing but riding bmx bikes and listening to rap right so i'm a fan like if i have a role in this shit i'm a fan 100 and you know i very much get that i'm never gonna be mr you know you're never gonna fit in 100 like at the end of the day like this is black shit and i get that okay you know, so and i accept that and i know my role will always kind of be highlighted by that let me stop you for one second and you could you could argue with me if you want to i know you don't know everything about me let me say this you say you're a guest in hip-hop i mean me specifically yeah you not, specifically. not necessarily because of my whiteness although i guess all white people are sort of guests. i'm, I'm just gonna say this because we do have a black woman in, in the studio here i'm gonna say this straight up and she ain't fucking with me i'll tell you this adam yeah I am 1,000 million, gazillion, jillion, million percent not a guest in hip-hop, bro. I am part of hip-hop, fam. Well, you knew like, Tupac, so I, I feel you on that. that. I don't even care, but I was no, doing but that. You, if you've been around, if you were hanging out with Tupac in 1997, then I get it. You're not a guest in hip-hop. 96. For me, having not had anything to do with the rap industry at all and just being a fan until okay, no, okay, you're right. three years ago, I'm just saying you're, you're that right. it's so <laughs> weird for me to even like no master p like yeah, at no, all like, like when i see tweets of you and you say oh my god drake just follow me i almost want to unfollow you bro I almost right. be like yo bro like what the fuck i know <laughs> it's hard not to be a fucking mega fan you know when i'm just right. so geeked off so much stupid shit you know well okay so i mean you're geek but who's on your wish list of people you'd want on your podcast drake what up drake i know you listen on the ben baller podcast how you living he definitely tunes in every so often <laughs> so so drake is someone you want to have on your show you know because drake actually hit me up one time and was like yo i'm trying to do that no jumper podcast i'm like yeah you know and then it just never happened yeah. I, you know listen bro with drake 
He has the attention span of a microwave. That's what I'm saying. I'm, that's no, exactly, no. yeah. That's no, no, but at the same time, you have to find the happy medium of not blowing them up to that. I'm going to mention, I'm going to drop it to him. No, like all bullshit aside. Yeah. I'm going to be bro, you need to do that shit. Well, I mean, the thing about Drake, and it's the same thing with Eminem, and it's the same thing with Nicki, well, I guess maybe not Nicki Minaj, but like all these mega superstars basically only do interviews with people who are their fucking employees in the day and age of Beats One and Apple Music and all this shit. So it's like, if Drake wants to come and sit and do an interview with me, I know the deal. The deal is going to be that they're going to have the footage and they're not going to let you know they're not going to like trust me that i'm going to edit it just you know they're not going to trust me they're going to have to fucking probably have some safeguards maybe they'll want the f to film it themselves and then they give it to me once they edit up because you know they they just can't take the risk that i'm going to ask drake the craziest shit that you could ask drake now the reality is is that if I got a Drake interview, I'm not going to push the envelope that much. There might be a couple of questions where I'm going <laughs> to sort of like, I'm definitely going to ask about shit that nobody's ever asked him about before, but I'm right. not going to say the crazy ass shit that you could I, potentially I say. You know? I had I had a chance to interview someone really big. Um, I'm a sports dude. And uh, I want to say he's probably the biggest quarterback in the world. And they said, don't ask about, I said, I don't want to show them. Right. And when it comes to like, let's say for instance, um, Nikki or somebody, whatever it may be, it, no, look at. I know this is fucked up. They're enormous stars. I can't, I can't even, man, bro. When you actually are worth over a hundred million dollars, legitimately, and not just the money, but just the power you control. Exactly. Yeah. I would, and, and no, no. Listen, bro. I, I respect the fact you're that humble. I would never. I'd be like, you fucking tripping, M. Marshall, mm -hmm. you tripping, homie. We're gonna do this interview in Dogus. It is what it is, bro. If you there's something you don't like on there, cool. But you ain't controlling that much of it, motherfucker. You tripping. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I mean, I mean, I feel that, but at the same time, it's like, you know. No, certain, I get it. I get it. You're, what you're saying is real, though. The business of Drake is too big for them to let some foul-mouthed young Caucasian vlogger <laughs> just. I think, listen. Let's let him decide the rest of the OVO's empire's trajectory. I, I still think it's 65-35. I think there's a, there's a good chance, especially if he reached out to you, because I, I think that you control. So, he wants to be like, look, at, I don't want to say this in a negative way. I love Drake. I love him. He's a good dude. He's done a lot for me. He, I've helped him out a lot. He's helped me out a lot. I think he wants to be respected by your your fan base too. Mm. It's something he wants people to like him. You know, he's a good, but he's a likable guy too, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're Drake, it's like, it's very important for you to cultivate mystery and for you to like not just be doing everything because as soon as you start doing anything too much, it's cliche, you know, like even Drake reaching out to an artist and doing a song with him, he has to be so conscious of that because him even like saying, like, I remember he said he liked Big Ol' Freak by Megan Stallion. And this is like pretty early on where Megan Stallion is like just sort of starting to go viral and get her fan base together and stuff. All he said was that he liked it. And motherfuckers were going viral on Twitter just saying that Drake better not remix that song and shit. So for Drake, it's like, there's such weight to everything he does yeah. that it's like he just has to be, you know, if I were Drake, like if I had made it to the point that I was in, in Drake's shoes, you know what I would do is I would stay in the fucking house and I wouldn't talk, I wouldn't, you know, I'd make everybody who comes around sign NDAs and I wouldn't want anybody airing my personal shit out. You see that with all these super famous dudes where their their privacy becomes everything and i get that because already, you know, like as a, I put my life out there so. How, I, is, is it getting there for you yet or no? The, the parts of my life that are secretive or that are private, I want them to be incredibly private. Like with me and my girl, we have had these conversations multiple times where it's like, when we break up, we'll never say a fucking negative word. Like, cause you know, we've been together three years. We never had a fight right. publicly. You no, know, y'all no, seem cool. No, I get no, it. Nobody has ever seen us beef. 
they won't ever see us beef. If we ever choose to talk about something that previously happened, that can happen. But, you know, and I'm telling I'm like, if we break up, I'll never say one negative thing about you ever, ever, ever in my life. And I don't care what could possibly happen from here. And I expect the same from you. And I we, don't believe you. We always been 100% on I'm that. I, I, I feel you like, but this is the thing is, even if my girl was smoking blunts with Gunna one week after we break up, <laughs> I'm not going to say shit. I'm not going to say, fuck that bitch. How dare you be sliming no. with my drip, slime, <laughs> drip, slime, slat. I mean, you fuck. saw that You saw that Banks and uh, was Alyssa her name is, whatever. Yeah, I ain't doing all that, man. Yeah, that's they're crazy. young. I'm not, you know, that that I yeah, understand what they're doing, but I would never want, as soon as you what cross I meant, that though, line, man. Rewind a little bit. Okay. The NDA thing, it's gotten to that point now where I had to do that for employees and stuff. I mean, bro, I, mm. I'm not saying I'm more famous. Here. I'm not saying none of that. I'm just saying, the interactions I have now are fucking bananas. I can't go to Chipotle. I can't go to certain places anymore. I like to go to Wingstop and just eat some wings real quick by myself and go, can't do that anymore. Finally, last year, have to have a security guard when I go places. It's becoming a very, it's, it's handicapping me. Mm. You always have security now? A lot of the times when I'm going anywhere, I'm going to be like like an appearance. Yeah. Um, I don't have one when I'm going to the mall with my family. But also I'm, I'm strapped all the time. But if I'm with family deep, people kind of leave me alone. But even still, even in Dubai, bro, I just got back last night. You know, I fucking, I, I couldn't walk normal places. Really? Yeah, in Dubai, bro. I feel like I'm, I'm getting regular I'm, as fucking Dubai. I'm getting. Um, anyways. I never do that. I never do the security shit. I never do it. Bro, you, <laughs> motherfucker, my store was at the Slauson no, for 11 years, fam, down the street. For, and, and I'm talking, bro, me and Nip, I'm not going to get into the whole Nipsey thing. That's my guy. That was my motherfucking man. Imagine the shit. Listen, no, nah, I'll be real with you. Fuck that, because I grew up around black people. <laughs> no, but you're, you're the jewelry guy. It wasn't so just it's, jewelry, it's very, though, very but different I, I, I was also gang related, though. Do you know what I mean? So oh, it's yeah. like fucked up. So like, what I'm getting at is, if I was white, I think it definitely would have been ten times worse. I know that sounds fucked up, no, but it's the definitely. truth. If you're white, it's just one more reason to fucking look at you like a lick for <laughs> sure. I'm sure that the Asianness would definitely make a lot of motherfuckers think that you're a lick too. You know. Yeah, that, that, that was it was part of it. I just you gonna prove them wrong when you put that wham bam in their face, huh? No, I just I think the fact that I've never been pressed hmm. in the city of the capital of of jacking and of licks, the capital. Hmm. I'm talking about. There's no place in the world that motherfuckers get robbed like this here, and I just knew everybody, and it was just an understanding on the streets. And I think I respect yeah. that. That was that let's respect. knock on Big Wood. I got ran down on a couple of times, and they still ain't never took anything from me. So you know, I'm trying to, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to skate through the next couple of decades of uh, not not having to, not getting anything took from me, and not having to kill somebody. So let's go on some positive. Fingers shit. crossed. Did you think that podcasting would ever come this motherfucking far, dude? No, no way. That's actually so funny to even think about like what I thought might potentially happen to me from doing a podcast because I only saw it as a way that I thought, you, you know, I was just looking at my career. I had been doing BMX stuff for like, you know, I had been working in the BMX world, running my own BMX related business for 10 years. I, I don't think I ever made more than maybe like $100,000 in a year from doing that shit. Because, you know, I'm not doing like... It's a lot of money, but it's, still. It's cool, but it's like, you know, realistically, I'm posting blogs and I'm running banner ads on the side of a website and maybe I'm making a little money from YouTube. It's not great. It's like, I'm really like stagnant, making the same amount of money for years and years in a row, maybe less. I'm just basically looking at my life like, God, I got to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on 30 at this point. I'm like, dude... I want to start doing something where I can actually have more of an impact. And I start watching Joe Rogan. I start reading Mark Cuban's blog. I start really oh, like shit. That's dope. Getting into the mind state of like I want to learn and learn and learn because I it's not obvious to me at this moment five or six years ago 
what I'm going to have to do to make my life better. So I decided like, I don't have like all I'm going to actually, you know, I'll, I'll just say this is like six, five, about six years ago. That's why I decided I said my life from now on, I'm going to keep the BMX business going, but I'm selling dope. I'm fucking moving weight back to the East coast <laughs> and I'm going to fucking learn. I'm going to read every day. I'm going to read for hours and hours and hours, but then I'm also going to ship packs back to the East coast and the shipping packs did not go as well as I planned because the money definitely got fucking seized at a certain point, a very crucial time, and we definitely lost a lot of money to the U.S. postal system. Shout out to the fucking post office workers in Massachusetts that probably got stacks in the shoebox under their bed because of us. But that shit didn't work out. But you know, reading and like learning and stuff, and just spending a shitload of time on YouTube and all that, it just really led me in the direction of wanting to do a podcast. So that as long as I was learning all the shit, I had sort of a way to at least try to have conversations about those things and with those people and i just really started from like nothing in terms of just interviewing the very few connects that i had and was able to sort of snowball that into something bigger and bigger so it's like i guess that's why to me like every little thing just seems kind of dope and worth so being astounded by you, that website you, was the come up yeah the come up.com and it was a B bmx thing so mm -hmm. when, when did it six years ago when you changed it was like all right let me do something different it was it wasn't like oh i'm gonna 100 percent do something different it's like i'm gonna keep doing this bmx thing but i had i had gotten bored with doing the bmx website to the point where i was like okay i'm gonna do a bmx podcast and in my head at the time i wanted to just do a bmx podcast but i was also thinking if i start doing a bmx podcast i'm gonna get comfortable doing interviews and i might be able to take that skill set of doing interviews and branch out and expand and be able to interview people outside of BMX because I just knew that expanding outside of it was probably going to be, you know, important for the future. I just really had no idea that it would kick in so quickly, I guess. What was the turning point? Who was your biggest, like, who was your first big fucking rapper or big guest that changed everything? Well, the first rapper that I interviewed was this dude that I was actually good friends with, Xavier Wolf, who's, like, sort of underground L.A. Memphis uh, legend who raps with Bones and all them. I don't know if you're familiar, but... Yeah, I, I feel bad I don't. I mean, no, it's cool, but he, he was super dope, and, like, we were just friends. Like, he was trying to ride BMX and stuff and hang out in my shop downtown at the time, so that was the first one, and then the next one was Puya because Puya had seen the Xavier Wolf interview, and Puya's like yo me and fat nick are gonna pull up and we, we want to do our first interview with you and then those two dudes people saw that and then all of a sudden i started getting hit up by all the other like sort of relevant underground sort of rappers and then that led to me meeting pump before pump was shit me doing x's first interview me basically being like sort of associated with that underground pocket of like florida miami type rappers and then la downtown fucking hipster rappers and shit that was sort of how i cultivated my whole early fan base but from day one for me it was like oh, i'm gonna get my clout up doing these interviews and then i'm gonna go get a gangsta boo interview because <laughs> i actually really appreciate hip-hops in its entirety i'm not just a soundcloud rapper interviewer right. even though i might have came in the game doing soundcloud rapper interviews you know i mean i remember when like when kanye flew you out to wyoming that was a big deal for you and I, at that point i was like yo dude that's dope that he even respect you on that level to put you out there for that even though i thought the album was just <clears throat> um by the way going back to the bmx thing i album. never knew until one day you posted a picture of your bmx shit and i was like yo you know adam like no homo you a sexy mother you this is fucking dope you're a fucking cool dude hey, yo. like you ain't that much of a fucking punk ass bitch motherfucker that i thought you were you were actually like a that was really fucking me heavy because the bmx king of that block was my boy dom you know brooklyn dom brooklyn shout out brooklyn dom and uh by the way let me say thank you now i really appreciate 
you introduced me to Todd Lyons. That was fucking amazing because I love my PK Ripper. Shout my son loves his PK. Shout out to Todd Lyons. Shout out to fucking PK or SE Bikes. SE Bikes. And uh, all that shit. Anyways, going on, man. So listen, you, you turn that shit around to a whole different level, went a long motherfucking way from BMX shit, Triple X and all that. Um, your YouTube channel has 3 million plus subscribers, hundreds of millions of views. How the fuck do you make the time for all this video content you make, bro? I mean, I just choose to make that the focus of my life uh, where, you know, now I have a publicist who helps line up the interviews and stuff. Whereas beforehand, beforehand, it was 100 percent, you know, I would go to parties and meet people and then just be like, oh, you should do the podcast next week. And then, you know, maybe I text them and maybe I remember to hit them. You know, it's just <laughs> no organization, no rhyme or reason, no logic. And now it feels very much more, you know, and and it was like that until like six months ago because I just never had anybody helping me book shit. And now I do. And it's a lot more organized. But, you know, I, I choose to make that the focus of my life. Like, you know, I, when I have interviews, like a lot of times on like a Sunday when everybody's kind of doing stuff like not working and stuff, I'll just go to the office and I'll just be in the office smoking splits by myself for like eight hours and I'll just be fucking getting ready for interviews because this is what I really, it's really what I love doing. And it's like, if I'm going to be, you know, you remember murder dog? Yeah. You know, some people want to be the source. Some people want to be murder dog. I'm totally down to be murder dog. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you could get the fucking fire ass fucking big mainstream interviews and shit too. But at the end of the day, murder dog never fucking. And by the way, you should go read the article on pitchfork about the dude who started murder dog. Cause that dude is fucking sick. I just read this article about him and it's motivated the fuck out of me. I'm like, bro, this shit. I'm is, gonna read it now. You have to. Cause it's, I remember when the magazine came out and you know what I mean? Bro, I was in the business. So yeah, it's like, and it was fire as fuck. And they were putting ICP on the cover, like bro, all the time. Do you remember? Listen, I was born and raised here, right? Like going to Silver Lake when it was like, it was real hipster, like not even cool, it was just hipster, hipster. I would see Vice Magazine, this little tiny magazine like this big. Oh, yeah. It was for free all throughout here, maybe in the 90s, early 2000s, whatever, mid 2000s. Never did I think it'd be a billion dollar media corporation. Yeah, I used to go to fucking Newberry Comics all the time and they would have it for free sitting by the, yeah, but by the entrance. Yeah. By the way, man, speaking of interviews, man, when are you going to have me on your show next? Whenever you want, let's do it. That's, that's free. <laughs> Part two. That's free free clout right there yeah shit I'm let's get, do a real let's, let's listen now ask me some crazy shit but i um, get shop gold to advertising on or some shit <laughs> i just met oh no no the dude dm me the president of the ceo founder whatever hit me up he goes hey bro you hurt my feelings on your podcast why you talk shit about him? i was just, I was I, just throwing it out there i just, just like, did I, I said i said bro listen man there's sites that do this this and i get it but it's like y'all trying to be something that it isn't it's one thing you're trying to be fake and it is what it is boom and you're just on a budget this is anyways going on man uh, did you ever did you ever meet six nine yeah, it is first interview. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. fuck him. But I was just curious. <laughs> I was just curious if you met him. Dude. Um, yeah. What uh, what is next for Adam Twenty Two? Though, are you gonna jump into a media mogul? Like, what what is your next? Like, what's your next goal? I don't know. It's like sometimes I feel like YouTube type people. Like, you tend to get caught up in the idea of like building something like bigger than yourself and always trying to create the next thing. I don't know. To me, I still feel like I'm in the gym right now. I'm just fucking grinding out you these interviews. You consider yourself a YouTube person, bro? primarily talk. i've never seen you talk this fucking lame about you bro. what i don't give a fuck that's my platform almost, that's where i do my business still bro i just i just i consider you a lot higher than that man listen Sorry. if you work in the restroom you're a janitor um <laughs> <laughs> no i don't mind saying that because i feel like yeah of course my platform can go be on youtube i could pick up tomorrow and be like hey we're Facebook only now, or we're on fucking TV. Oh we're God. on fucking Revolt now, or whatever. Like my my content is what my content is. YouTube is a great place for that content because it allows you to make some money, 
and I got oh, absolutely fix- nobody telling me what to do. Did you fix your situation where you couldn't monetize? Or just- it's better than it used to be. I mean, you know, there was definitely a time where YouTube was paying us a lot better. You know, when I think about it now, I'm like, I might be making as much from YouTube in terms of just straight dollars from the AdSense as I was like two years ago. And it's like, we get a lot more views now, but we are like making the same amount of money as we were back then. But for a while we weren't making anywhere. Like the revenue dropped off by 90%. Oh, shit. Now we're kind of like back up to like where we were before, but you know, it is what it is. What are some of the craziest situations you've been in while recording your show? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the first crazy situation that happened was when I was interviewing, uh, Actually, a really dope rapper from Miami who's uh, uh, Rob Banks. He's actually Shaggy's son, which might mean something to you since you're old as fuck. Um, <laughs> but Rob Banks, I was interviewing him and some other rappers who were upset with him. They pulled up yelling and mad. Luckily, everybody was acting like they had a gun, but I don't think anyone actually had a gun. Or to Melrose? Yeah, uh, this was when we were still downtown. Okay. But, I mean, to, to their credit, Rob's dudes held their own and these other dudes... At least, I mean, they didn't they didn't bust out. They didn't hit anybody. But that was like the first time that I had a crazy, awkward scenario while I was doing an interview. But it also made me realize, like, what a fucking lick I am. Because my store downtown, if the lights were on in, at 9 o'clock at night, you knew that I was doing an interview in there. Oh, and yeah, then, but the yeah. fucked up thing, the really fucked up thing is that Rob Banks, I mean, I don't think he was tripping, but his boys, who are more like straight street dudes, they totally thought I set him up. Which oh, I, of course, sucks. did not because yeah. why the Wait fuck a second. would I ever want that? that? That's not the, Rob, that's not the dude who, who punched Triple X on stage, right? And then while they're on tour together, or was that, who was that? No, nah, but but he was good friends with X and they definitely, uh, the, I, I don't know. Who was the dude who punched, no, it was Rob something. Rob Stone. Rob Stone. Rob Stone and like 30 Bloods ran up on Ski Mask on stage because of something that X said on Instagram earlier that day. Don't call me crazy, but Ski Mask looks a little bit like Juice World, right? Juice World definitely is like a thick, was a thicker no, Ski Mask. No, because I've, had, I've, yeah, had, no, I've but, had conversation with Ski Mask. So, wait a second, Ski Mask? Okay, no, bro. Ski so, Mask is way crustier looking dude, though, because cr- Ski Mask got all the face tattoos and shit. Juice was was much heftier, but also didn't have the face tattoos. Okay, never mind. I, I, I think remember when having we a- first met Juice World, though, we used to, I forget this now, but we used to always say, oh my God, you look like Ski Mask. No, I was just wondering because Rob Stone is from San Diego, right? Yeah. So yeah you're talking about someone else, Rob Banks. Okay, no, I was just wondering because Different I thing. remember that drama and then I remember me, I'm, I'm cool with Rob, I met him and then, I'm, and then Ski Mask wanted to get a piece. I just never had the time, whatever. Mm. What about the kid fucking who brought the fucking gun and I saw this shit with a kid who brought the gun and tried to fucking shoot you. Mm. Fake gun, number one. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. Well, we didn't know that at the time. Yeah, because I, I mean, I saw on camera, you're like, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Boom. Yeah, he's just like, uh, we got Bossa Nova delivered. So my guy goes outside to grab the food. And then when he's bringing it in, uh, this dude slips in right behind him with the with the mask on. And he's got fucking what looks like a gun. And he's po- pointing right at me. And I saw you go like. Yeah, my like, dudes grabbed him and beat the shit out of him before anything could happen. But I mean. Who are your boys? Huh? Who Just your homies you had in the just studio? Just the homies, yeah. Only yeah. one of them had a gun. I don't, he didn't shoot him, but he. Came pretty close. Jesus Christ. I mean, bro, bro, I saw the video. I remember I saw the thing. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? What was the first thing you were thinking? I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a prank. Yeah, I okay. thought that it, because it just felt like, it felt like it was more likely that it was a joke or a prank than that it was real. So it's kind of why I let out this like weird, like laughing yelp was because <laughs> it just didn't seem like this would be real. But 
Have you ever had a gun pointed at your face? Like a real no. gun for real? I've I've, oh, wow. I've seen people get killed. I've seen people get shot, but I've never had anybody point a gun at me till then. Nah, that's happened a few times for me, man. It's, yeah. The scary part is when you look at the gun and the gun is like the tip is fucking dirty and shit. And back, oh, wow, this dude's killed somebody with this thing. That's happened. Like split second time. I don't want to get into it now. But anyways, so who the fuck was this kid and what was his issue? I mean, my basic read on him, psycho fan, kid. What? That's it? He was a fan? I mean, he had DM'd me like a dozen times. And I oh, never, so you found out who he was, whatever. Yeah. And I, I was actually in court sitting five fucking feet away from him the other day. So you pressed charges a couple months ago. I, mean, I, I didn't like even have to press charges. It's criminal shit. But yeah. I just went to show up and like tell my side of the story. They didn't call me up or anything. So I have no idea what's going to happen to him or whatever. But I mean, I was in court. This kid, he's like, it looks like he's 19, 20, some shit like that. You didn't think when he was on the ground when your boys had him, you didn't want to kick him in the face? You don't want to fuck him up? Nothing? I didn't hit him. My, my friends. No, I'm saying you didn't really want bad. to? Yeah. Like, they seemed like they had oh, it pretty under control. How the fuck this dude up, man? Yeah, but I mean, you know, one of the luxuries of fame, and maybe you don't relate to this anymore because you've been famous and rich for a long time, is that you just get people to do shit for you. To me, it's like, wow, this is cool. I don't even have to kick this fool. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even have to risk fucking my shoes up. Because no, yeah, I remember I mean, one time I kicked this dude's face in real bad, and then I came home and my mom saw the blood on my shoes and I hadn't noticed, and she was so fucking mad. And I'm, oh, and you know, it's like, that, that's a real luxury to not have to get blood on your talk shoes. talk about a luxury, bro. Have you been sued before? Not so much. Oh, okay. Wait, wait till that happens. When you get, when you start getting real paper, yeah. listen, you're getting real I paper I hear about right it now. all the time from people. Vlad's always talking about getting sued. I don't think even he's, he's getting sued for a little, because he started it. Right. I'm talking about for nothing you've done, $15 million lawsuit. And now you're like, all right, great. Now I gotta spend eighty-seven, you know, eighty to hundred thousand dollars just on fucking lawyers to, for no reason. See, that's why I'm staying in the crib. Yeah. Um, has there ever been a time that being white has helped you or hurt you in your profession? Probably whenever I interview like white power bands and shit. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, has has it ever helped? I mean, it's weird because on one hand, it's like you. I assume that there's probably white kids that feel comfortable watching No Jumper because they're more comfortable listening to a white guy talk about rap. Like, I have to assume that there are people who feel that way. So you assume that there is a degree of white privilege, even though it does still feel like, you know, like mo almost every popular rap personality is non-white right so it's like it can't really be like that big of a well no tim westwood is still doing his thing right oh yeah there's, there's definitely you know you got Vlad, you got tim westwood you got a rosenberg you know but for the True. most part when you look at like no no i get all, it i get you know, it i get the it. breakfast club they're all non-white you look at joe budden's all you know speaking of the dude who i used to work with who we were, we were cool he's a historical dude in hip-hop when he was screaming at you do you think because you it was because you were white Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, yeah, sometimes like you, you listen, six two, six, oh, six, six three, three, yeah, six three, six four. You're you're about two twenty. Yeah. Okay, bro. If you were black, sixty two twenty. I know when they saying shit to you, bro. You're Richard Sherman's height and weight, bro. No one's gonna say shit to you, dog. They go. Eh, but they I don't. I don't think I'm that intimidating. I don't think people are looking at me like I'm gonna fight them. I'm definitely not. I'm just so saying. It's like you're kind just... of understandable why they feel that way. Right. I don't know. Right. But I mean, yeah, but the, the white thing is like, you, you know, it's weird because 
it feels like everybody is so cool about in the industry, you know, like, like almost never have I had a rapper act weird to me about me being white. But at the end of the day, it's like, you, you know, that, you know, like people do click up based on their race and that like, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're Jay-Z and you're going to be given an opportunity to some media personality, are you going to give it to a white guy? I kind of assume no. So, and it's, you know, I, I feel nothing I like to not about li- that. I, I like to not think about it that way, depending yeah. who the best, what the job is. I mean, no, yeah. let me ask you a question. You think GE's your Machine Gun Kelly's going to come to you first? I mean, no, I don't. I mean, I've kind of shit on both of them, so probably not. Oh, but it's fucked up. Why? No, I mean, those def- are both friends of mine. But no, yeah. I've shit on MGK like pretty bad. He hates me. Um, I've made fun of Jeezy in the past. I'm not sure if he's cognizant of it, but I, I actually, I, I, I fuck with Jeezy. Jeezy seems like a cool dude. He's a really nice guy. He's MGK, just a fan. He's, he's just a princey. Prince. MGK. He's, I mean, he could. I think part of why Jeezy is a pretty bay area dude he's a good looking right. dude he's you know he seems like cool. does everything the right way he's politically correct boom and he's, he's a rock star mgk is just a wild dude and and uh, you know again the nicest guy I'm they both follow me boy. i'm a i'm a wild boy you don't think mga can, you don't think he got bars mm-hmm. <laughs> he might have bars yeah i mean i suppose like that shows how useless the designation of like got bars is it's like mgk definitely has bars <laughs> That that's not the problem. Okay, let's let let's let's scratch that. On a much much lighter note, what are some of your favorite purchases in the last like year? Because you got some paper now. Don't, I don't stop buy playing shit, with me. Ben. Come on, stop playing, bro. There's nothing. You don't have a Ferrari or Lambo yet. No, I have a fucking BMW that I lease, and that is like if you were to go buy it, it would be like ninety grand or do you something. Have, do, you have a, do you have motorcycles like any kind no. of jewelry? No watches. No, no nothing. Just that fucking Kadama. What the fuck's that thing called? Kandama. K-E-N-D-A-M-A. Bro, I was in fucking Japan. 17th I was just, I was century in, Japanese skill toy. I was in Japan two week, two months ago. Nojumper.com. You know um, all my fucking, all the crazy ass rare toys, right? I go mm. in this spot and it has this shit. And I was going to hit you, but it was 4 a.m. L.A. time. And so I said, you know what? My phone's on Do Not Destroy the Night for the record. You can hit regardless, me Regardless. Regardless. I saw this shit and I said, this dumbass fucking stupid ass toy that Adam plays with is in this fucking shop. Mm. And I was gonna buy it, but the motherfucking thing was like three hundred bucks. It must have been some special edition shit. Designer shit. No, so really, no, no, no purchases. No. No, I don't do that. I'm not into any material shit um, at all. Really. You don't have an expensive BMX bike, at least. No. I've seen I don't even have a BMX bike. I actually Friday I got to go get one from Colt, the the company. They're giving me one. Motherfucker, but, you own a BMX shop. What the fuck are you talking about? Right, and I, you know I went my entire life riding BMX, and I never once got my bike stolen. But then. I quit BMX at about 33, and all of a sudden, somebody steals my bike out the back of the shop. I'm talking about you have on some shit, right? Mm-hmm. There's no bikes in there you could just grab and ride? You know, yeah, I suppose there is, but I've just this company wants to hook me up with one, so I figured I'll go get in Santa Ana on Friday. But I, I just got to explain this to you. I have no interest in objects of anything you can buy at all. Okay, dog, all right. Listen, and I great. don't feel like I'm exaggerating. No, I no, don't. Good for you. If I had a million do- extra dollars right now, if someone gave me ten million dollars, I don't think I would buy anything. Okay, what would you do with it? Probably put it in the bank. Maybe know, buy a, but, buy a nicer house. I guess maybe. Okay, so then this is my next thing. Then because one of my biggest things is last night was my 106 flight this year. I travel a lot every year. Not this is ridiculous 2019 is nuts but what are your 106 flights this year fam kill me and I got three kids three businesses I would not do it yeah it's brutal I don't know what the fuck you could possibly do Dubai was 16 but I mean bro you know this year has been 
this year I'm going to break fucking eight figures again I like for this year. So it's, I need to do it to keep yeah, up with hey. the lifestyle. Where are some of your favorite places in the world to visit? Um, well, I'm a bay. I love Hawaii so much. I love Hawaii. But, you know, been there enough times that it's like kind of. Come on, bro. You don't go to Fiji Islands or somewhere different? Like no, Bali I've never been to Fiji Islands. Phuket? You've never been to Thailand before? I've been to Thailand when I was 19. I went there to ride BMX bikes. Turns out there was like nothing to ride, but we like hung out with girls that were probably prostitutes and we like hung out by the pool and shit. So that was pretty cool. I remember I fucked it. Uh, no, I got hit with a condom on from a girl who had like fallen off her motorcycle earlier that day. So she had like bloody scabs on her arm. Um, but again, I was 19. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I, I love going to Tokyo. I love Tokyo going to, is my, one of my favorites. Too. Yeah, I love, I love going to Barcelona. You know, the problem is, is that I bench, I travel all over the world, but it was always as a BMXer. So it's like when I go, I like going to grimy ass cities. I like going to Barcelona, I like go to France, I go to London, just because I like riding BMX. And now I'm like kind of, now I only travel really like for vacation or for fucking no work, you know? So what about in the last five years, was your fucking favorite place to fucking go visit? I mean. Jesus Christ. But it's just not going to make you happy because it's not going to be anything all that interesting. Like I like going to Australia, but I was basically just there to do Australia's fest. Australia one of the most beautiful fucking places yeah. in the world Sydney is yeah. Melbourne is it's a good time okay no groupies no chicks fucking in your DMs it's always weird because it's like with me and my girl if we're gonna fuck some random girl it's like it hel- It feels like they should be like a porn star or a cam girl or a stripper somebody who really kind of knows what's going on like we're not really trying to fuck like a you know 20 year old like weird fan girl now cause it just who's it's the most like, famous porn star bitch you, you guys hooked up with I, mean, I guess Riley Reed. Oh shit, she's pretty fucking famous. Yeah, but she's also like a good friend of ours, and we've like fucking hooked up with her like a million times on camera okay, and so off camera. So so. Besides that, then someone else, someone older, not like a fucking older. young little. She's like shit. a young. I feel like no. She's, Any milfs? She's like twenty eight, twenty nine. I feel like Riley's probably. Well, you know Layla Star. Yeah, I know who she is, but isn't she also? She's like. She's older. She's friends with one of my exes. I think they thirty four maybe. She looks fucked up now, bro. She's just got she didn't fuck with her face and her ass and everything so much now. She just looks crazy. I love her. She's a great girl. Um, Good for- <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of who else. You know, is Ten- that girl Tana? The- Tana. I only f- Tana. Tana. I always, Tana. Tana. Only- she's what? not a porn star. She's a YouTuber. Oh, okay. I only follow her because she. I don't even know what she's been following me for like years or something. I'm surprised and- she didn't hit me up. Like, oh my god, Ben Baller, follow me. What should I do? Should I DM him? She said that? No, but she probably would. Like, oh, because she followed me out of nowhere, and that was like, it had to be because of you. Maybe? I don't know. And then whatever. And then she said she wanted to come on the pod. I have no idea. Oh, right. her on this would be great. I would love to help make that up. I don't fucking know anything, but yeah, let me know. Um, who are some of your favorite artists as performers? That's interesting, because so many of my favorite rappers are so bad live. What? Well, I mean, like, Gucci Mane is one of my favorite rappers of all time, and he's one of the uh, worst live performers ever. I mean, I, I would say that to his face. No, actually, I probably wouldn't. But, uh, I mean, yeah. I love Gucci Mane so much, but what what does he do when he gets on stage? He casually walks back and forth and points his finger in the air. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> how, how about... Uh, you can't diss Gucci? I love Gucci. Gucci's my favorite. That's the only reason I feel comfortable, because I think that's probably the only negative thing I could say about him. I mean, any favorite artists like that you have as friends or people? Like, who's Live. who's who do you think the nicest rapper that you're friends with that you you've met is like really just? The it was nicest? probably Juice World. R.I.P. Juice World, man. He was the fucking best, bro. Yeah, Juice there, it's hard to think. Did you ever meet Mac Miller? I I did not ever meet Mac Miller. No, Mac was probably. I mean, he was, I hear he was that a lot. Yeah, at that level, if not, you know, dude. Um, I, but but in terms of, you know, this is the weird thing is, I come from 
going to hardcore shows. Like I've been listening to rap my whole life, but when I was like, you know, 16, 17, 18, I never even knew of a rap show that I could go to. I don't think that there was a local rap scene in Southern New Hampshire. Uh, and if there was, <laughs> I was really not in touch with it. But so I was going to a lot of hardcore shows and you know, that to me, I, a lot of the social element or the whatever that I was looking for from music, I was getting through that, even though I was way more into hip hop than hardcore. But a lot of these shows I was going to were incredible because it'd be like, you know, 600 kids moshing in a fucking church and the the fucking in a church. What the fuck? There would be a lot of shows in like old church halls or like oh, veterans okay. halls and shit like that. Or the, and then you'd have like a dude on stage. The crowd is right up to the hit up to the stage, and he's screaming in their faces, and they're screaming the words back at him, and people are moshing and jumping Name up one. the stage. Now when I go see rappers, there's a fucking ten ten foot pit between, yeah. and ten foot is is nothing between them and the audience. And it's like, okay, this is cool, but I mean, like when I I was on stage the other day watching Uzi play to probably like fifty thousand people at Rolling Loud, and it's it's cool to see that many people enjoying this, but I mean, like any sense of like raw emotion compared to those hardcore shows, I was you know that no, that shit not, was so much more. Like I would if I could really. see Uzi play to seven hundred people in a hall, that'd be a hundred million times better. I would kill for that experience. One time I was at a Coachella with my girl, and we're just walking around. It's hot as fuck. We're kind of like. I guess we should go see some artists, I guess, you know, so we're like looking at the thing. It's like, oh, Uzi's playing. We go see Uzi. We're fucking like a half a mile away from Uzi. Was that when a game has changed? It must have been. I don't know, maybe, but I'm just like, it's bro, funny. I cannot watch this. Like, but I'm when not I see, like, sitting rock bands, this far I see away. Some, no, when I see rap, it's tough to see like a, it's it's hard to see, catch that. But when you're in a club and it's intimate, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, it's some shit. Like when I've seen Cardi play like 1,300 people and it was like way better than seeing him perform at Rolling Loud. Mm. Um, would you did, rather see like a rapper at like a club than like Rolling Loud? Yeah, like, of course. Do, do you like the club. I mean, bro, I remember. Vibe? I remember Drake's first shows. You know what I mean when he was doing when he was doing the fifteen hundred people. Yeah, nine hundred. Oh, whatever. fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I remember seeing Juice World kill two thousand people at at the Novo, and then you know all of a sudden he's doing fifty thousand at Rolling Loud, and he's doing you know thirty yeah. twenty thousand. He's doing the Shrine. He's doing all this shit. What's it's, the you know? What's the biggest triple X that ever performed in front of? I don't know, but I know that he was going to Russia to play like the world's biggest festival right before he died. Like he was about to. But did go he ever? There. Did he ever do ten thousand at least or no? I mean, he did Rolling Loud. Oh, he did. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I wouldn't even know of him except it wasn't for you. Um, I think well, he would have figured it out. I didn't know you. Oh shit, he'd be fucking huge. Let me ask you a question. Did you know he was going to be huge? You know, that was so early on that I really wasn't even in the business of trying to like pick who was going to blow up because, you know, seeing X blow up really made me realize like, oh, okay, if you meet an, a rapper who's going to be huge early on, that can be really good for your career because it was like outrageously, ridiculously good for my career. That never really like occurred to me before that. Like I never thought about signing anybody. I had never thought about managing anybody. So I like learned all that through X. So like to me, I wasn't really, when I met him, I thought he was like the fucking most interesting, craziest kid that I'd probably ever interviewed. And I thought the music was real good. And I, I kept listening to the music after he, uh, after he did the interview and when I was oh. locked up and everything. But I never, I wasn't thinking of it like, oh, this kid is so dope that I want to get into business with him. I got a fucking question for you, bro. You know, there's only two or three questions. I got a fucking question for you. Did you think that Drake even bit his fucking bit that shit? Do you think he? Yeah, 
you know, I'm torn between wow, the dude, two I differing worldviews because on one hand, I felt like Drake was just sort of like doing the flow that everybody was doing at that time. No, but listen. I don't think Drake bit fucking one single thing, dude. I don't even think he even knew who Triple X was. That's not true because they were like publicly beefing at that time. This That is not of as much interest to me as I'll, I'll lay this out there. And I mean, I've there's a lot of people in X's life that subscribe to this theory. The, the video where Drake went to Miami and gave out all the money and everything, he did that right after X did the helping hand challenge or whatever in Miami. Oh, that shit God. was targeted, bro. Even, no. even Ben. No. Drake followed me and hit me up at one, one time in my life, and it was the time where he was beefing with, with X, and that was also the time that Drake went and did the song with Trippy Red, and then Drake didn't put out the song with Trippy Red, but, tr but Drake drove a stake between trippy and x drake definitely was doing what he could to fucking ruffle x's feathers at a time and i'm not even there are so many different elements to this theory that i've heard people close to x talk about and i don't buy into all of them but i definitely think that at least to some extent drake was antagonizing x and it's you know people, i'm talking about people the, will look at the, that like the, that song where they did the comparison the song drake didn't even know him then dude yes he did. but i mean i could i could look at that situation and, and go either way it's just that there's latter things that happen that i think if drake were on his deathbed bearing his soul drake would say <laughs> yes i was fucking with a little uh -huh. florida kid <laughs> you know he did he he fucking was antagonizing that situation and why wouldn't he x said heinous things yeah, about no, drake's bro. mother when he went there was the reason why i couldn't reply back to him and x was like hey ben how's it going how are your kids how are this he went so far when he put his because dog drake's mom is like you know what I'm saying? that's like my auntie so it was like i couldn't condone i couldn't be a part of it dog and i had to show drake up I, I picked the side the situation went pushing him that got so fucked up i just stayed out of it completely and it just really tell you the truth i never it it's really still i think that definitely put not even a bruise dog that broke a bone like it was a weird situation, dog, and it was such a crazy thing. I don't want to talk more about it, but yeah, I mean, but, you know, like with me, with X, it's like X and Drake were going to war for a little bit there, and I, yeah. I mean, I think that even if X's career had continued on, Drake probably would have continued to do what little he. Oh no! It, it would it would have got ugly. He wouldn't have gone massively out of his way, but he would have definitely helped. You know, Drake Drake can snap his fingers and make oh, people he's very powerful. Not, not fuck with you you know so very powerful yeah. and i don't blame him x had it coming i i Question. publicly said when that happened i said and i actually told x public privately too i said this shit is fucking stupid J you know you just don't have a reason to disrespect him this much over something so stupid yeah. you know don't disrespect his mom there's super basic rules of hip-hop i would never you know you never That's would hope that you did that you know x like if somebody says something about your fucking mom like still to this day ex's friends if somebody says something about his mom you know something's gonna happen like there's a lot of fucking dudes in florida that don't got a lot to live yeah. for that something's gonna happen you know it's like you just don't talk about people's moms like that period who could you see having a big like who's gonna have a breakout year in 2020 because you know I'm, I'm out of the game i don't know i'm i'm rooting for 30 deep grimy 30 deep grimy 30 it's funny deep someone grimy. i just had him on man. one of my boys um the same dude who used to work at world star i won't say his name he went to your event. I think it was right next to Brooklyn Dom shit, right? Do you have like a pet something? And he goes, Yo, I just went to a fucking event. I just saw a fucking Adam 22 punch some dude in the mouth or something. Or oh something crazy. Oh, God. And it's so fucking funny. But okay, that's that's dope. I'm I love that you bring that up and then don't even ask what happened. <laughs> I don't want to know what happened. Who cares? Fuck him. He probably it's did so something. good, though, because like, I feel like I, that 
the story that you're referring to is like the one time in the past like five years that a famous person punched somebody in the face at a public event and nobody got footage of it and there was no security footage of it. Fuck them. That never happens. The decade is almost over. What are you most proud of? Um, shit. I mean, I'm 36. I got more money than I ever had. My, I'm, I'm less fat than I ever been. Nice. Um, I'm working out harder than I ever been. I'm happier in my relationship than I ever been. I feel like more people are enjoying my content than ever. It's a daily fucking grind. I never know what exactly I'm supposed to do to keep these fucking kids happy. But, you know, <laughs> I just feel like everything's going in a good direction. And it's like, you know, I feel like, you know, I got my family on the West Coast now. So I like get to see my parents a lot. I get to see my fucking sister and her kids a lot. It's just everything seems like it's going good. And I'm just trying to like not forget what got me here not chill out not fucking relax not hang out i don't know i'm like sitting in this room full of all your cool toys and shit i ain't gonna know like <laughs> like literally you're asking me to name like like i don't have one thing like this like i don't have right. one toy i don't have one decoration i don't right. maybe if i go to my house i could point out some stuff like hey that's kind of like a thing but not really <laughs> is that a spec toy what do you mean? Does that say S-B-E-K on it? Where? That black toy with the graffiti on the back? I know this graffiti writer from Boston back oh, in the boy, day. That's spec. one of the most famous graffiti artists in, since the beginning of time. It's Stash. Oh, no. So it's a different dude. Okay. NYC is OG. Well, spec is very, very respected spec as well. Is, is spec is, but I'm talking Stash is like, look, we're talking about Stash was graffiti writing in late 70s, early early 80s. He's And he's still around, had Nike collaborations. Uh, he used to manage Futura, which is an enormous artist and uh, fuck with Futura, all that. I, uh, I used to go out bombing with Cope too. Cope is dope. I'm just kidding. So, I did not do that. Oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> what is your biggest regret? I used to watch Cope 2 documentaries in high school. What's your biggest regret in the last decade? My biggest regret? I mean, I guess to be honest, there's a part of me that regrets like having that success with the come up and then not realizing what I had because, you know, I had that initial burst of like, oh, okay, here I have a popular blog and like, 2006 when this is just becoming a thing i wish that i had really doubled down on social media i wish i had known enough to become a youtuber in 2006 and 2007 because i had a really popular blog but if i had just stuck the camera in front of my face because i remember back then we made some vlogs that were basically just like us going to the skate park me and all my homies straight up like just dudes from the projects who are just funny as fuck and we'd just be hanging out just making fun of each other's bikes and just fucking laughing at each other whatever like you know it's just good times like this hanging out on camera when i look back on it now i'm like that was a vlog but I didn't know that if I kept making videos like that, like even just once a week or whatever, that I probably could have been one of the biggest YouTubers like early on. No, I probably could have been like that grimy, like whatever I am now, I could be like this plus 10 more years of fandom tacked on that I kind of missed out on because I didn't realize the power of YouTube at that time. It is what it is. I wish I had been more of an entrepreneur. I wish I had known, I wish I had known how to create something like No Jumper at that time as opposed to waiting 10 years and just riding BMX and being in the streets. But at the same time, I love that shit. So it's like, I, I really But let me defend that. you. Listen, this is probably one of the most, and I've done some research enough to where I do pay attention to a lot of your podcasts. I pay attention to not so many of the videos, but I listen to a lot of what you talk, interviews, and everything. This is the most in-depth I think anybody's ever got out of you. And if, if I'm wrong, then fine. But as far as like the who's, who, who you really are. So with all that said, let's say you became a YouTuber and let's say you made 
80 million dollars 100 million dollars mm. you wouldn't have did anything fucking special except went to fucking utah and fucking rode a bike somewhere and fucking went to hawaii or some other boring shit so what the fuck yeah all those years of struggling definitely fucking made me a bit more of like the man that i am i suppose but you know it's like you, you always are gonna feel like that like i started going hard with the youtube shit in 2012 and then by 2014 or so i was really doing like interviews and shit that's pretty early like you know we're sitting no, here we're talking early. about all the people who start podcasts now and we're like holy shit like the podcast game is blowing up i regret that i only started in 2014 because when i think about it now all the fucking signs were right there in 20 still og 2007 like you i could have started then but you know it is what it is no you're still og the final and last question is who i ask every single person who comes on the show is is there anything you'd like to ask me um <laughs> that is a good question but i mean normally like the the like if i interview you i'm gonna have to spend many hours thinking 100%. about what is the interesting thing to talk to that's ben cool. about. what do you want to ask me right now i mean so anything i i guess like the overall thing that i'm really interested in when it comes to ben baller is like what are you doing taking 110 flights this year and like how did that make you eight figures and because the thing for me is that i make more money when i stay home and that's why i stay home is because getting ready for interviews doing interviews doing vlogs doing live streams figuring out brand deals while i'm home that's how i make money is by making content if my life was like oh you make more money the more flights you catch then i'd probably be catching a lot more flights but i it's think very I'm, rarely true for me what i'm doing is okay well 50 60 of those flights were to san francisco so the bay area is a home of mine i have an apartment there you know san francisco fucking is now like the third most expensive city to live in like more than new york it's like, like, like london. a 45 minute flight so you really kind of capping with that one still a flight still a flight <laughs> still a flight bro no that's real it's an hour and 10 minutes it's still a flight still the airplane still waiting in the airport no matter what still a fucking nightmare still going through tsa whatever no, it may it, be yeah. But you got the, the you got Bay that Area clear though? Is, you got the pre-check? I got pre-check, clear, mm, all that. So good, good. with that said, I fly private a lot to San Francisco. But with that said, um, um, you know, I have VVS and the Bay Area is definitely much more profitable when it comes to cannabis and everything else. And that's what's going on. But even 68 fly, 66 flights that are international and long, you have to understand that right now more than ever, I've never been global before. I've never had collab releases in, in London, in fucking Australia, in the Philippines, in Tokyo, in Korea, in Dubai, you know, um, in fucking Paris, whatever it may be. I'm building the Ben Baller brand and I want that shit to be global because now, you know what, man, a lot of people talk shit about Russ and everything and we had, bro, he, he was like, I haven't heard you take shots of me and blah, blah. I got on the phone with them, we started talking, we had a long conversation. He's actually said some really, really smart shit for an artist. He said something like, it doesn't matter, you, you could, you could sell out fucking, you know, um, Greece and whatever and not have anybody show up to your hometown it doesn't matter where the fuck you're from anymore and in a way it should matter though you know what I mean I, I do want to sell out LA if I'm an artist you know that's, that's where I'm from and I'm born and raised and whatever but I've been building a global brand when I'm doing the, these um, like these trips and stuff one of the things is I have a minimum of a $23,000 order when I'm taking these trips is because the Saudi prince has ordered a $7 million ring or this person's done this and this and this I'm doing a collaboration with Takashi Murakami who's top three biggest living artists in the world and i'm doing these collaborations with him and that's also enhancing my brand all over and wherever his fan base i touch a little bit of there boom going to columbia to work up with j balvin or whatever and just it's good for me in the experience because 
I don't want to chew those travel. I don't want to travel as much anymore. I just want to kind of plant some of these seeds there, mm. and these people come here. But that's just that's just what it is, you know. But, but it's been a really great year for me too. We've lost some people, and it sucks. And that's life. And me being old, I'm not gonna be 47 next month, you know. But um, traveling has definitely been a, it's took a toll on me. I don't want to do more than 20 flights mm. next year, you know. But I did a lot of a lot of uh, not even paying dues. I was past paying dues. I was out there collecting checks, man. Mm. And now, once the studio's built, so I can do this, you know, this video and whatever, I want to stay here and I'll fly people over here if I have to. Yeah, like you gotta, you gotta show me how I can like go to Dubai and like make money. Cause I feel like, well, also I feel like you're famous in like a lot of markets. Yeah, there's a lot of different random things. Podcast like, shit is more like our audience is so English speaking. That's why artists are so lucky. Like musicians, they don't get it. Music travels so far and wide. Podcasts in comparison, like the biggest podcasts are fucking tiny compared to the biggest musicians, you know? Bro, I just went to fucking Dubai for a music cultural festival and they paid me. Bro, just to give you an idea, me and my wife's plane tickets and our hotel stay was probably $38,000, okay? And I was gonna fly first, but instead of flying first in a suite, which is 27 grand direct round trip, it was 9,800 each ticket. So I was like, let me fly my wife here so she can come and join this. So I go there, Wu-Tang performs. Most Def and Talib Kweli came back as Black Star. YBN Corday, mm. uh, he was there. Dave East. There's a lot of people I've never heard of. Uh, I never knew who the fuck Burner Boy was it ever, and he was like a big thing. Um, I flew out there with YG. He flew with me, and I did a couple shows with him. I'd jump up on stage and talk my shit with him, and YG was there. But all these people came up to me at the shows and we're like, yo man, I love to, I love your podcast. It's great. I think definitely there's a check and I want to connect you out there because you should see Dubai. And then you don't never need to see it again. You need to see it once or twice. It's like a big ass Las Vegas with nothing but billionaires around. And if you know, you would know it way better than me. Podcast fans are so fucking loyal, bro. It's crazy. But there's definitely something one of the big things that everyone's doing now, and I'm sure that they've been doing it for like the last whatever Joe Budden's trying to do it now is live podcasts. Mm. That shit's like a concert now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think um, you have such a... Bro, I tip my hat off to you, dog. And I don't tip my hat off to anybody. I'm just an asshole. I think you really got it unlocked. I think you definitely need to check out Dubai. And I think you need to do a live podcast out there or something. But, you know... Nobody's smoking weed out there? Bro, if you know me well enough, you know I'm bringing weed everywhere. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we smoking pens. I need some spliffs. Bro, motherfucker, I got, I got flour and everything, too. The only reason I got three kids. You don't have kids... When you start having kids, you'll realize you don't want your hands smell a certain way when you have a daughter. You don't want to pick her up Ugh, and have I that know, smell. Right? You don't want to have that blunt or joint smell on your hand, period, when you have a daughter. It's something different. It changed my life. I rode motorcycles all my life. Homie, I was doing 190 on a bike in the rain. I'm a, I'm a hooligan. I was in a motorcycle gang. All that shit when I had my kid, I was like, listen, my life's not about me anymore. It's about my children. I think you should know pretty much that, like, obviously, I'm a, I love my kids. What I'm getting at is... I don't want to even fucking think about, like, designer went out there with the pen. His ass was hemmed up for three weeks. And that was, like, with every single person, kings, royalty, trying to get him out of jail, blah, blah, really? whatever. Yeah, he had to st stay at least three weeks. And then they fucking banned him from the country. He made Panda. Yeah. I'm definitely not trying to go DJ Esco out there. I can't do two months, bro. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to fucking, you don't want to go out there with no weed. I'm going to lose all this gains, too, though. Not for real, yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, damn, they got him with a pen? I've yeah. never heard of nobody getting caught with a pen overseas. So it's it's getting so bad now that... I don't want to actually discuss this too much because it fucks <laughs> on my shit yeah, federally. Right. But yeah, like now they're they're checking for pens 
if you get like for instance we got we got pulled the secondary because one of my homies was yg he was talking shit and i was like god damn they went through my bags looked through everything hey why you got this this and this and boom and had i had a pen they would test it right there on the spot now there's yeah there's things that i you know i'm, I'm allowed to my shits look discreet they look real you know they're luxurious looking but these people are hip to it now and um some places at 30 days minimum 30 days minimum you gotta stay and like for instance like somewhere like um, Southeast Asia, you gotta remember, dude, jail cells aren't taller than four feet. And then the toilet's a bucket. You know, it's fucked up conditions. You know what I'm saying? They don't give a fuck. And they don't care if you go on social media and be like, hey, me too. And da 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 da, this and that. Motherfuckers don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. So yeah, I'm just more careful. I'm, more, I'm worldly. But if there's any princes or sheiks or whatever out there that wanna invite me out there and cash me out and such and such, let's do it, man. I'll let a camel take a dump on my chest. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> hey, you know that I fly economy? What? I know. I know that shit piss you off, though. I just live like a regular guy. When's the last time you've been on a plane? Like, when's the last time you were in New York? A couple months ago. Okay. And what'd you fly? Fucking, I don't know. Regular ass in the back of the plane. I ain't never bought first class in my life. You just flew in the back? Like, did anyone recognize you? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe a couple people. You, you don't want to be, you don't wanna be comfortable, bro? You don't want to? No, I'm super uncomfortable. I'm 6'3". I know. So then why, why don't you just splurge? It's fucking like $2,500 for I don't splurge. I don't like, I just, I'm, I'm opposed to the notion. You know the CEO of Walmart still flies coach and he no, fucking he sleeps in a Motel 6 and no, shit? No, he doesn't. It's well, they shit. say he does. That's lies. Well, yeah. if it's a lie, then I feel lied too because I've definitely seen that. Warren like, Buffett still has, even though he has a Lincoln and he eats McDonald's every single the motherfucker still has a private jet. Hmm. I'm, I'm telling you right now, you've never flown first class to I got upgraded one time, but I had just eaten a weed cookie. To be honest, I passed out before the flight left, and I woke up after the flight landed. Okay, but you wouldn't have slept as nice anyway. What I'm getting at is you have the money now. Why not just live a little better? Yeah. It's just not, it doesn't appeal to me. I'm trying to stay exactly the same, you know? No jewelry, no fancy clothes, No, my question nothing. is, what are you going to do with the money, though, later? Like, I don't know. We'll figure that out, I guess. Lena doesn't fly fucking first class? No, she's the same exact way as me. She still drives a Civic. Shut the fuck up, Facts. bro. She makes six figures a month and she drives a Civic. Jesus Christ, bro. Damn, Lana's caking like that. Good for her, man. Good for her, right? Adam, bro, I, I can't tell you how much I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Ben ballin', oh, Johnny, dang. <laughs> Laura, my polo says gang bangs. Wait a second, have you, had, have you ever had a jeweler on your show? Is it, have you had a jeweler? No. Just you. Never had TV Johnny? Nobody? He was supposed to pull up, but then like they took a few hours too late, so it just didn't happen. But That's I'm funny. sure it probably pulled up. I'm going to have him on my show, man. I, I feel bad. I'm going to have him on the show. You pay Playboy Cardi to say that? I always wonder that whenever I've... Because I, I always say that lyric in my head. Every time I say never, your name, Ben Ball and all Johnny. Never man. even... fuck. Couldn't even fucking... I found out when he, when the freshman freestyle dropped. I had no idea. Why the I fuck would I pay? Too, yeah. Come on, bro. I because, because I know they make you do a bunch of different freestyles, and you don't even know which one they're putting out. So yeah. it seemed kind of unlikely that that would have been a brand deal. I had no idea. Imagine like Playboy Cardi goes in and does his four <laughs> different double XL verses or whatever, and they all begin like, I was just with Ben Ball. <laughs> Everything is just Ben Baller. Just and like, nah, I got no, a brand deal about that. That's just my dog, bro. I was, I was, uh, I was I've been cool with you know Cardi since before he blew up. And then, uh, um, shout out to Ian Carter. I know he's locked up right now, but we had to. Damn, I know, right? Yeah, that's crazy. He his lawyer me. was hitting me up trying to get the raw footage of his interview because he pulled out a gun during my interview. Why? Because he wanted to show off the gun, and then I don't know. I think it was just like I don't think he ever used the gun, but he had it in a backpack. It might not even oh, yeah, his backpack. Not even, no. not even but the it. lawyer it's, wanted the footage of it because I think he might have got caught up with the same stick that he had pulled out on the interview. 
I, I don't know. I don't want to discuss it anymore. But anyways, my brother. Bam, ball, and all Johnny. Damn. Love you, man. Hey, man, Appreciate listen, you, man. Uh, Miles, uh, Jordan, let me get some of that Lakey Lake. And uh, that's, that's it for Adam22. We'll be right back. Yo, man, um, that was in-depth like a motherfucker right there with Adam. Uh, I was actually shocked. Like, that shit was a super dope interview, and, and I'm glad I got to get him on the show. I um, ran into a bunch of people who wanted to get on the show that were actually people I fuck with, like my boy Van Lathan, who was formerly with TMZ and got let go over some bullshit. I'm not necessarily going to say racist shit, but it's some real bullshit. Um, I didn't think about it until I thought about people getting loco for bullshit, and I mentioned her before, but me and Gabrielle Union, we go back so fucking far. If she let me ask some crazy shit, because she knows I'm, I, I got no hold bar, and me and her go back, like, I think we got some crazy-ass fucking Forrest Gump stories to break down, and she's been a celebrity for fucking ever, so she got some ill, ill shit. She's a real celeb. Um, speaking of which, I, I just mentioned, uh, I just got back from the Uncut Gems premiere, and, uh, you know, um, I saw Travis Scott there. I ain't seen Travis in a minute. There was a point in time where me and Travis were pretty cool. We were, we were somewhat tight. And uh, he said some, like, really dope things about me on social media and things. And when he was in high school, I guess, and whatever. And we had caught up and talked a little bit. And it was it was kind of dope. Uh, he offended me, actually, because I gave him a VVS pen. And he was like, yo, this shit ain't going to blow up on me. I was like, come on, bro. Like, really? But Travis tonight was probably the most normal I've seen him. I mean that he's like, he just wasn't on rage mode. He was too super, super cool. And he's like, hey, bro, I need a gold money counter. And uh, shout out to High Snobiety because they put one of the best Christmas presents was the network Ben Baller, all gold money counter. And with that, I just was talking to my boy, Aaron Levant, who is the CEO, co-founder of Network, uh, was the founder of Agenda, was the co-founder of Complex Con, and is a... Uh, one of the smartest fucking guys that I know in the world. This next one that we got, because I was like, yo, man, we dropped the gold money counter. The shit went viral. The shit sold out. We made a thousand of the motherfuckers went in literally seconds. Um, I'm, I'm humbled by it. It's crazy. I got another thing coming and it's just going to be fucking dope. On top of that, I got that toy coming. I got my action figure jumping off. I haven't started on the bear brick, but I do got to work on that. Um, once again, shout out again to the Safdie brothers. This fucking movie, Uncut Gems, is so fucking hard-hitting. It is so fucking crazy. It just, it's so incredible how they caught the essence of 2012. And, you know, there's never been a movie about jewelers and shit like that, you know, especially in you know, a feature film. It's like, you know, this is a life that I live, you know, degenerate gambler, you know, fucking dirtbag, whatever, father. It was just fucking crazy. It just, it was just a trip. Even down to, uh, well, I can't even give any spoilers out, but... It's just fucking crazy. Shout out to Josh and Benny um, and Sibo. Uh, but wow, man, the movie hits hard. Adam Sandler is now we're talking Oscar talk and, and uh, I had the most minuscule possible fucking role to this. But just the fact that I got to give fucking some slang words and you know what I'm saying and, and some coaching to, to Adam and prep him for New York City and all that is super dope. Um, it was dope to see everyone that was uh, at the premiere today and um, go see that movie. Definitely support my boys, the Safety Brothers, um, the super talented directors. I cannot wait to get involved in a project with them. I don't give a fuck if they told me to dress up like Hop Singh and get on a motherfucking bicycle and deliver some Chinese food, you know. 
um, back to holiday shopping, this shit is just just getting ridiculous. You know, you got like Kris Kringle, you got fucking white elephant, a white rabbit. What the fuck is that shit called? I don't, honestly don't even know what the fuck it is. At this point, it's like, all right, we got to get gifts to fill up the tree. You got to get stocking stuffers. We got to get uh, Hanukkah presents. I got to get all kinds of shit. And I was looking at the Amazon bill and I was like, whoa, you know what? I only got a few things and it wasn't really that bad. How how much do we cover? And I'm like, all right, well, that's $1,800, you know, whatever, okay. We didn't even cover one-tenth of what I got to cover. So, you know, I know for everyone else, it's like, all right, well, you got it like that or whatever. Maybe you don't, I don't know. But, you know, Christmas is like a sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 fucking bill for me. And it's like, damn, you know, this year of all years, you know, this year is definitely a really good year for me, even though some things were fucked up. I was able to absorb it and hit him with a, another thing, you know, and, and thank God to these sponsorships and these endorsement deals and thank God to this podcast because the podcast is blowing up now. Thank God to you guys, the listeners, to my followers, to my fans, the most best fucking look, man, you guys are incredible, especially because of all the five-star reviews. Um, it's amazing that this is just, you know, where we are with the podcast right now, I'm so excited about because we keep growing every single week and I got these big fucking names that want to come on the fucking show, um, like Jim Brown and like fucking professional poker players. We got this Jordan Belfort thing we're going to get jumping on. Um, I was going to ask you guys, what do you think about me interviewing uh, TV Johnny, a.k.a. Johnny Dang, right? I wanted to get other jewelers on the show and I was thinking about, I was like, should I do that shit? You know what? Fuck it. Why not? I don't give a fuck. Again, I'm petty, but at the same time, I don't really give a fuck, you know? So that's like something I want to get, get going back to the gifts. Um, you know, my nieces and my nephews, everything else, some of the easiest things to do is just be like, fuck it, just give them a chain, you know? But then it's like, nah, man, fuck that. You know, it's just, <laughs> I could do so much more with a thousand dollars or 1500 or $3,000, whatever it may be, if it's like a nano, certain things, you know, my wife don't give a fuck about jewelry that much anymore. She has all that she needs. But speaking of jewelry, um, you know what, man, people really think that I care if you go to somebody else. I really don't give a fuck. Like, I can't explain to you, like, the business does well. We have the best work. At the end of the day, you're going to, the people who want quality are going to come to us. They're not going to, they're going to separate us from the, you know, the Southern jewelers, the guys on 47th Street that are using CVDs and that are using the fucking HPHT diamonds and are doing the trickery with the hollowed out pieces and, you know, whatever it may be and still using 10 karat gold and all that other bullshit. That ain't what we're doing over here. Um, yeah, that, that's just not it at all whatsoever. I am going to do a chain giveaway. I am going to do a top 100 greatest chain list again. Actually, I might make it just top 50, just of the chains I think I like now. And you know what? Mine are not going to all be in there. Mine might be highly ranked, but there's going to be some motherfuckers in there that I fuck with, you know, more than I fuck with some of my shit and whatever. And it's just, it's all love. Um, one last PSA before we sign off is people think because I got what I got and I talk shit and certain things. Again, man, I don't know how many times I have to say this. I was talking shit when I had a minimum wage job. I was talking shit when I didn't have a job and I was trying to sell dime bags of weed and whatever it may be and I was broke, you know, and my cousin was helping me out and not my cousin. There's a cousin, none of you guys even know who the fuck this is, but I've never really been humble, right? There could be times where I've been humbled by 
actions and other things. But no one's gonna be like, yeah, humble yourself. No, dog, never. Never not in a million fucking years. If I lost everything tomorrow, God forbid, yeah, I'd be upset about whatever. But I go figure out other shit. It ain't gonna be like, if I can't do it the way I'm doing it now, I don't wanna do it. That's why this shit's not by accident. It's not something like, oh, you just got some new money. It's new money for 20 years now? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. I'm out here really, really for real doing this shit on a real level. I'm not doing no licks. You know, motherfuckers do a lick and it comes back to you, right? I'm not doing no licks. I'm not fucking nobody over. I'm not jerking anybody. I'm not lying to nobody. I, I got this shit for real because that's how, I, you know, that's how it's meant to be. That's how it was written. With that said, this PSA should hit hard. I do not ever laugh at someone doing bad because I've been through that shit too, all right? I've been broke before too, so I'm never going to laugh at somebody doing bad because I've been there, all right? You know what I'm saying? But like I said previously on the podcasts, right? Being broke is part of the game. Staying broke, that's some personal shit. I can't even, I don't even know what the fuck to say about that. Um, we do got the weekend wrap up coming up. I will be talking about San Francisco. Um, I'll be obviously getting more into the Seahawks shit. And I'll be talking more about my Lakers, man, that I've been kind of doing their thing. And obviously AD's crushing it. I should be talking more about the Lakers. I should be focusing more. You know what? I don't really, I'm not a casual. It's always on. And I don't really miss games. But I should be getting more deeply involved in the Lakers. I just, I think it's just, it really is the LeBron factor thing. It just kind of, bothers the fuck out of me and um i'm still purple and gold and i still am gonna hit a few games and everything i just again man i'm all over the place speaking of which i haven't dropped a vvs uh mention in a long time besides talking about giving uh travis scott i also gave my boy cedric entertainer a vvs pen tonight but yeah man vvs is still going strong oh shit how the fuck could i forget ben baller did the strain my motherfucking fire ass flower from the motherfucking Sky Pack Farm family. Yeah, the ones that bought you cereal milk, bought you Gary Payton, bought you some fucking fire. We got some crazy. We got some shit coming, all right? So I'm actually gonna be going up to the Bay to handle that too this weekend. So I'm gonna show you guys my new flower, the bags, the packaging. Ben Body, the strains will be in dispensaries all throughout California very soon. Um, meanwhile, VVS is still pushing. We still doing our thing. Ain't shit stopping. Go to MedMen. You know what I'm saying? We still got that potent, strong, discreet, luxury pen. Speaking of which, not necessarily with pens, but I'm going to have the Jungle Boys on here. I'm going to have my man Kenji on here. I got to get on B-Real's Hotbox and just suck it up. And I'm going to have B-Real come on here. If you got any other suggestions of people you'd like to see on the show, you want me to hit up, boom. Man, let's get him on here. Again, man, I got to thank Adam22 for coming on here. Again, if your shoes are dirty and you want to keep them clean, make sure you use Crep Protect as this episode is brought to you by Crep Protect. Use the sealer. Use that motherfucking, you know, that that sealant that they got. You know, you do that, you could put motherfucking sriracha, ketchup, all kinds of shit. That shit wipe right the fuck off. Put some water on that bitch. Boom. Shoes are crispy all over again. Shout out to Crep Protect. Um, I don't have an exact date for my all-white Terry fucking uh, velour fucking super plush tracksuits, but they are dropping soon, and I will talk about them here. I'm going to be giving away a tracksuit 
Um, I gave one already, away already on uh, Instagram, but I'll give one away on the show. Going to give one away on this show. We're going to be giving away a lot of shit. I'm also going to be doing new merch again. Going to get that Ben Baller podcast merch behind the baller. Again, I really do appreciate you guys. Please make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. All right? And always remember, man, what is it? This is not your practice life. Miles, Jordan, Dust Brothers, take me out with that motherfucking homeboy of mine. Lakey inspired. All right, y'all. God bless.